This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away back, gone. Go Hayes gets a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of A's Cast Live Friday edition as we're getting you ready for the Athletics and the Kansas City Royals and all kinds of Major League Baseball as you want some manufactured entertainment, we got manufactured entertainment for you because it's rivalry week in Major League Baseball. I, I mean, I didn't know that. Yankees, Red Sox, Auburn, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, USC, UCLA here in the Bay Area. I don't even talk about Cal, Stanford. They're worthless. San Jose State, Fresno State. You want real rivalries? Yeah, I said San Jose State, Fresno State. Lakers, Celtics. When's the last time Stanford, Cal meant anything? I'll wait for it. And uh, Jim Harbaugh's not walking through that door. Uh, maybe when they're good in baseball at the same uh-huh, time. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, San Jose State, Fresno State, two teams that actually have made some bowl games and meant something. Yeah, I said it. How's that Rose Bowl working for the Cal Bears, Roxy Bernstein? Uh, um, Fresno just had their quarterback drafted in the fourth round, too. I mean, I'm not going it. But rivalry week. So we got that going for us. Mark Kotze is going to join us today here on the program from Kansas City. I am going to tell you, very impressed by the digs there at old Kauffman Stadium there in Kansas City. Really one of the old school, still great pieces of property in professional sports where on one side you have the baseball stadium, on the other side you have Arrowhead Stadium. And, you know, how we did it years ago. We used to have it, obviously, the Raiders and the A's both played in the same stadium. But both both property, both stadiums are on the same property. And it's just a huge parking lot built between them. I know uh, the Royals are now looking for a new stadium. Huh? Royals are looking for a new stadium. Well, there's a lot of – And they hate their owner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, where, where have we heard this one before? The owner, their owner. Where is this not going on? Anaheim. 
Anaheim. Anaheim uh, looking for a new stadium, and fans are not thrilled with the owner. Seems to be going on everywhere in baseball. Uh, John Sherman's the Royals owner. I believe he just took over within the last, like, what, less than 10 years? Yeah, because it used to be the, uh, what was his name? And wasn't he affiliated with the Waltons? I think so. Uh, takes over, when was it? And not the Waltons. 20, John not, Sherman officially took over the Royals in 2019. Not the Waltons of the TV show. The, um, <laughs> not the Bill Walton, and the, the Waltons of uh, Walmart. Oh, so like Stan Kroenke. Uh, he's married, married into yeah. that family. This was, I can't remember who, who I don't know. Uh, so what do we got today? Kotze? Uh, your guy. You'll you'll walk through a run through a wall for Rex Hudler. I'll follow this man anywhere. The HUD man, the HUD man makes me want you know what? You want to get me back into fantasy camp. By the way, did you realize they have me not penciled in, but inked into fan- participating in fantasy camp next year? Oh, nice. I didn't know that. I know we talked about it, but I know we joked about it. Yeah. Um, you could still you can still get the uh, let me let me run the ticker. I it's been a while since we played the I ran it for fantasy camp. I got a message from the great v, uh, Vito DeBartolo, Vittorio DeBartolo, for us to promote fantasy camp. Uh, we're gonna have Wash on at the end of the month because we're playing the Braves at the Coliseum. Is Wash, Wash gonna be there? Wash will be there. Oh, 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 I might have to make a comeback. All I know is this. I'm still seeing my, my, my man Brody Brazil limping around, and it scares me. Comeback player of the year, by the way. You guys want to get on him. Brody <laughs> is the comeback player of the year. When's the ESPYs? It's all-star usually, break, usually right? Usually July, yeah. Brody Brazil will be up for a comeback player of the year, but Brody scared me. If not, we got to Brody's him. a lot younger than I am. We got to write him in if he's not on the list, huh? We got to write him in if he's not right in ballot. Have to. The way he performed, got his team to the championship game. He was like, he was like Bryce Harper. Didn't win the World Series, but Bryce Harper was hurt and put that team on his back and carried him when it was important. Let me see if we still have the. Uh, give me a second. Let me see if we still have that video from Fantasy Camp that we. Were you running. know, you, you know, you know what the great. So I did yesterday. I did. Uh, I did A's, A's TV yesterday, A's pre- and post-game live over on NBC with my, my very good friend, Shooty Babbitt. And uh, Shooty and I were joking. We played golf the other day. And then uh, he brought it up again yesterday. Shooty's claiming that if I come out of retirement and I play in fantasy camp, Shooty may participate himself at 63, 64, something like that. Well, ask him about it. He's coming on at 3.30. Oh, yeah, we got yeah. Shooty coming. Yeah. Shooty, we, we may throw down the gauntlet today. Me versus Shoot. Well, he can't beat me in golf, so maybe he can get me in baseball. But he can't. Oh, wow, shots fired. Can't get me in golf, right? The pro athlete can't beat the college. The, 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 the college nobody. It's hard for these pro guys to beat the college no, nobody on golf. In, in, on on uh on the links. Well, let me promote. I, put it this way: I hold my own against these pro athletes. Did you just go golfing with Shooty the other day? You bet. Uh, July, January. Who do, you, who do you think had a better score? Ken Korak. Ken's like a scratch golfer. No, he's not. I heard. I heard he's pretty good. He didn't beat me. Oh wow! All right. Well, did you play at Cinnabar? I played at his course and we tied. Oh, uh, I was going to say, did you play? Oh, they can't beat me at my course. I was going to say, home field advantage. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, they know. They, they Now they've come to my course and you hear the commercials for Cinnabar. They know when they come to the bar that it's a whole different ball game. Well, sorry. But we, go ahead. Promote your, yeah, fan, uh, promote your fantasy uh, camp. Well, I'll play the video after I promote it. Uh, January 10th through the 16th, 2024 in Mesa. Get all your information at athletics.com slash We will be camp. there. 
Yeah, we'll be there. Here's the video that uh, that we ran and just showing what happened at Fantasy Camp last year. All right. Or this year. This has been one of the coolest experiences in my life, especially like in my in baseball. The importance of stretching every morning because if you want to last all week. Camaraderie on the field, cheering your, your teammates on, sharing experiences, sharing the things that you see with different pitchers. Great job. It's absolutely building all these friendships and memories with the players. Three. That's how it starts. Second base, second base. It doesn't matter if you've ever played before. You will have a blast out here. It's just incredible. Having the treatment of a big leaguer is something that not a lot of people get to experience. And that is, first and foremost, the opportunity provided here. So athletics.com slash fantasy camp. For all the information, some of the coaches I mentioned, Wash, tell them how hard it is, Wash. It's incredibly hard. You can, we can ask them that, you know, all about that, or anyone can ask them about it. Shooty Babbitt, Dallas, Greg Cataray, Tommy Everidge, Carney Lansford, Rosie, Adam Rosales, Terry Steinbach, Ernie Young are just some guys, and there's going to be more coaches named later. Athletics.com slash fantasy camp. Not one of those guys can beat me. In golf? No. Well, you know there's a golf tournament. Not one of those guys. I might just go there and sweep everything. Okay. I want to see you participate. I now. might just walk out there and take everything. Win the golf tournament, <laughs> smoke them on the field in baseball, and walk out of there, Arizona, and walk out. I might just do it, but you're going to have to help me train, though. Uh, oh, can we be like the you, – you've watched Seinfeld before, right? You're going to be my training dummy. Have you watched Seinfeld I mean, I'm, <laughs> no, I've never seen I don't it. Know, there, there are What's people, Seinfeld? There are people who haven't watched it. The What's ep- Seinfeld? I've never heard of it. The episode where Jerry trains with Mr. Mandelbaum, that's going to be me. <laughs> Toughen up. Where you, so I want you to sleep on this plank. T- toughens the vertebrae. Um, you want to know just how professional sports, and I was reading this today, how much it's changed, and we may be somewhat getting back into it, that we have these absurdly long contracts that are out there now. But do you realize Salvador Perez is the only guy remaining for either team from the wild card game? 2014? Well, well. Salvador Perez is the only guy. And I'm shocked there's one. How old? They're honoring. I think they're honoring uh, Alex Gordon this weekend. Nah, Lorenzo Cain. Lorenzo Cain. Oh, Alex Gordon's going to be there. Ned Yost will be there. Lorenzo Kane, they're honoring him tomorrow. I'm not sure if they're re- I don't think I don't know if they're retiring his jersey. I don't even remember what number he was, but he played there like 10, 11 years. Gordon was 6. I think Kane was Let's just see. If we can let everyone know cuz everyone's really dying to know what number Lorenzo Kane wore for Well, the- if, I mean, you're dying to know that even Lorenzo Kane's being honored. Uh he did wear number 6. So what number was Gordon? Gordon was 4. Yeah, Kane was six, Gordon was num- four. Number five will never be worn again. Eight was Moustakis, yeah. And Hosmer was 30. Number five will never be worn again. George Brad, I know. Yeah. There's uh, only one ma- one number that matters. Sal after. Perez's first year in the big leagues was 2011. So it's like, man, it just shows you. I, man, I'm, I'm literally shocked there is one guy. Maybe with some of these long-term deals, you know, the fact that 
teams are like not even negotiating. Like, I, I don't even know who the Padres were negotiating against to give <laughs> Xander Bogarts 11 years or 10 years or whatever the hell that is at. $285 million for Nobody was even negotiating against them. You know the Red Sox weren't. I mean, <laughs> we were there in San Diego. You're like, there's nobody here that says they want to offer this guy double-digit years or over $250 million. But they did it. Like, who was offering Manny Machado $300 million? Other, like, there, there's like – Both times? Trey Turner. I mean, I guess San Diego was kind of in on Trey Turner, but all of a sudden, 11 years from Philly, like, who were they really negotiating with, against? Like, usually you'd be like, I got two teams. I'll never forget the Manny Ramirez. You had Cleveland and you had Boston. They were going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. You got guys now who are just like, there's one team and they're negotiating. The agents keep going, no, you keep got to go higher. More years, more money. And the teams go, okay, let me send you another. All right, here's another proposal. Uh, And there's nobody else around you. You're not negotiating. You're negotiating against yourself. The art of negotiating has been lost in Major League Baseball. Like, who are – like, at least Judge. Judge, there was a lot of money being offered. Like, clearly the Giants weren't as aggressive as everybody wanted – thought they were going to be. By the way, another fan base not happy with their ownership group. (laughs) I mean, is there anybody in baseball happy with their ownership group? Is I there mean, anybody? I mean, I told you right before the show started, Billy Epler coming out saying he's, he loves his team, he, he believes in the team. The, Met, the Yankees want to burn down the Bronx because the way the Yankees are. Yeah. Brian ah, Cashman had to come down. Steinbrenner's sell. Uh, Cashman out. <laughs> Cashman out. Highest payroll in base. By the way, I'm just going to say this about our, our team. Oh, they're going to say the Phillies. They're not, they're not our team. They were last year. Yeah, that was your team. I will never root for that city except for the Sixers. Yeah. Well, against the Astros, they were my team. I was a fighting Phil. I was the Philly fanatic. I would I would have. Uh, Michael Jack Schmidt uh, yeah. <laughs> reincarnated. <laughs> Steve Carlton, Pete Rose, Larry Boa. We had Larry Boa on the show. Case, uh, Chase Utley. Anybody who plays the Astros is my team. I'll even be a Mariner fan this weekend again. If I if we could see the Astros buried, if the Astros could not make the playoffs, that would make my ear. It's kind of like Auburn, Alabama. We stink, but if Alabama sucks, we're like Auburn. If they stink, if Alabama gets beat, I'm happy. I hate the Astros. I just I our good friends on at the first pitch in Seattle tonight. The great Harold Reynolds. Is he really? They're doing their city connects. They're doing their city connects, and Harold's going to be there. What do they look like? Uh, they're actually pretty cool. They have, like, the retro. Um, Are you getting me off track here. You're talking about our team. Our team. The Athletics. The Athletics. Th- these guys. Well, these guys won World Series. These guys. These guys. You, you, need, to, you need to go look at the standings, folks. And you need to have some accountability. And the reason why I say that is everybody is talking about all the stuff that's going on. There's a ton of drama. We're all living in it. We're all dealing with it. And we're on the seat of our uh, seat of our pants, as they like to say. But there still is a baseball game to be played. There's still a season to be played. We still have to cover it. And for some reason, everybody has been given a pass. 
because of all the drama away from the field, they've been given a pass on the field. You do realize, no matter how bad the run differential is, the A's have made some bad decisions and some really bad plays that have cost them games that they should have won. And so when people sit here and say to me, ah, Towns is the worst team, okay? I'm not going to say they're not. I'm just going to say, you realize the Royals only have eight wins? You're trying to tell me we haven't kicked – we've kicked away probably five or six wins this year. Uh, I believe it's 16 games we've held a lead and lost. Okay. We've kicked away at least five to six games. That would give us a better record than the Royals. You know who would that give us a better record than? The St. Louis Cardinals. They've only won ten games. Stop stop telling me about the God payroll. Doesn't matter. You're using excuses. Everybody's using the pay. People inside our own organization are using it. Well, the payroll. A payroll. Detroit just swept the New York Mets, who have the highest payroll in baseball, and they stink. And their payroll, that even though they do have some little bit of a payroll in Detroit, it's all in three guys. Miguel Cabrera, who's worthless. That's like 30-something million. He's old. It's his last year. He should have retired. Javi Baez, who they've benched, he stinks. Who's the other guy making money? Eduardo Rodriguez. Well, he's not making that much. No, he signed a five years, seventy-seven million. That was the deal he signed. That much. Yeah, well, I'm saying he's there was the only guys making multiple, you know, over ten million dollars. Everybody else is making nothing, and they just swept the Mets. The highest pay, the highest payroll. Verlander was back. The highest payroll. They just got their ass swept by the Tigers, and we haven't won a series yet. At some point. And that's why I'm glad, and you'll hear me, I ask the question. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to beat up Mark Hotze, but I, I, you heard me ask I, ask, I ask the question, hey, is this a good thing? Or I don't remember how I, I remember how I approached it yesterday on TV. Now, obviously, on TV, you're not going to be as opinionated as you're going to be here on Ace Cast Live, or uh, definitely not as opinionated as we're going to be in the postgame show. But you don't think that was a shot across the bow yesterday to everybody? Hey, suckers, three guys got... Three guys are out. Three guys coming in. Not one guy, three guys. A group of dudes, you're gone, new guys in. We're not fooling around anymore. And and I agree with it. I'm not sitting here. I'm not back in the organization. I'm not back in the front office. I'm not back in. I'm just saying, this is a game. You all are getting paid to play the game. We're not talking about a bunch of guys that were drafted in the 40th round here that we have. There's no excuse that we have lost all these games. Yes, we've gotten our ass handed to us in, in games. I get it. But there's a bunch of games we should have won. And if we would have won just, what did you say, how many games we have the lead? I believe it's up to 16 now where we had the lead. 16. I'm saying win not even half of those games. You've got a better record than the Royals. You've got a better record than the Cardinals. And nobody's talking about a historic. Rockies only have 12 wins. Hell, the Giants only have 13. Yeah. We wouldn't be talking about his. These players have to be better. They make simple mistakes that lead to big mistakes. I talk about it all the time, and I'm done doing the excuses about the payroll. Payroll doesn't mean you can field a ground ball. Payroll doesn't mean you play defense. It has nothing to do with playing defense. 
payroll normally equates to home runs, guys that can do things that other everybody can play defense. There's a bunch of guys who get paid a lot of money who can't play defense. They get paid for offense. You get paid for offense. That's what you get paid for. That's what the big boys, if we go look at the contracts, we look, what do they get paid for? They get paid for hitting the ball out of the ballpark. They're not getting paid because they're slick fielders. So defense, anybody can play. No matter what your payroll is, you can play defense. And God knows we don't put a lot of money. Does anybody really stack their bullpens with a lot of money anymore? Padres no. have spent some. Yeah. Phillies have spent some. But for the most part, Ray, uh, the Rays are the poster child. Yankees used to. Uh, but now we're just – everybody's moving guys in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. But there's no reason we should only have six wins. There's none. We've done dumb stuff. If I got to see somebody hit behind Ruiz again and he gets on base and they swing at the first pitch, Johnny Gomes told me these great stories about – Lou Pinella, and he loved playing for Lou, but Lou was old school and tough and just was really cruel. <laughs> he told some stories, but Lou would like, son, son, no, no, son. He'd pull guy. Guys would be in the box digging in, and Lou would look up and go, this guy's hitting, and they're, no, son, no. And he'd, be, he'd replace guys, call him back. I mean, he did stuff that was like, wow. You know what? I would do Lou Pinella. If you – are hitting behind the guy who leads the American League in stolen bases. I think he's on pace for 66 He's on pace for 66 stolen bases. I don't know why I'm getting angry. I have a Link Soul great shirt on today with sailboats and palm trees. It's a Friday. I should be having fun. But I'm not having fun because I'm not sleeping good. And I'm tired of watching this garbage baseball and it has nothing to do with payroll. I get it. If you had other guys... You got better chances. But being this bad, this is just, this is on these players. This is pride, man. Pride. I would be Lou Pinnell the next time a guy, Ruiz gets on base who's on pace for 66 stolen bases. If you're hitting second and he's on first and you swing at the first pitch, I'm getting up like old man Lou Pinnell. Sat, sat, no, you're out. Come on, come on. Sit over here. I don't think Lou would get up that fast, but. Sit over here. Jorge Cantu. He's a good player for the race. Did not want to play against a certain pitcher. And told Lou Pinella, uh, hey Lou, yeah, my 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 something about his leg. Johnny said it was something about his leg. Yeah, I I yeah, yeah. I goes, Oh, okay, son, no problem. We'll take you out of the lineup. Next day, Jorge Cantu comes back in. Skip, I feel a lot better. Skip, I feel a lot better. Now, I'm doing Johnny Gomes doing Jorge Cantu, by the way. I don't know if I'm doing a good job doing it, but John. <laughs> Johnny was telling us stories. Johnny starts telling stories. It's like, you know, I always said Uncle Townie, come sit around the campfire. We were all like like little kids at camp around the campfire listening to Gomes tell stories. We're like, ah, ah. So Jorge Cantu comes in the day after, and Johnny was saying it's one of those injuries where you don't want to face a pitcher. I don't feel good. I don't want to face whoever the pitcher was at the time. Early 2000s. So you don't have to. Oh, no, I was going to see who he struggled against. And you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to. You, know. you see, that's how I get derailed. You start doing stuff, and now I get to go into a rabbit hole. Poor A. Cantu. <laughs> uh, so the next day he comes back, and he says to Lou, hey, I feel a lot better, ready to go, Skip. You know what Lou Pinella does? Son, son. He called everybody son because he didn't know anybody's name, according to Johnny. <laughs> son, son, no, get healthy. 
We want you to get healthy. You're not in the lineup today. Get healthy. He didn't play for 10 days. <laughs> 10 days. He sat his ass for 10 days. And you know what Johnny Gomes said as a young player? All the rest of those Marlins, nobody, no Rays, no devil Rays, nobody else ever came to Lou Pinello with a nagging injury. Ever again. So before Joe Madden got there and, oh, look at all the things they're doing, it was Lou Pinella who taught these guys, these young guys, who just got used to failing and they were getting their butts kicked and they're an expansion team. Uh, Lou taught them toughness. Boys, you come to the yard to play every day. So Jorge Cantu, who, as you said, was a good young player, oh, couldn't play one day and the next day, hey, I feel fine. Oh, really? Didn't play for nine or ten days. And everybody sat back and went, this old man's got some cojones. They knew Lou Pinella was running the show. They knew Lou Pinella, the front office wasn't making the lineup. Lou Pinella was making the lineup. And if you if he knows you're I can't play tough pitcher today, well then sit your butt at the end of the bench. Didn't see an at bat for like nine, ten days. So you know what? It's time to put your big boy pants on and go out there and start beating some teams. Field the baseball. Throw strikes. If you're if you're asked to bunt, get the bunt down. Hey, outfielders, keep the ball in front of you. We'll address this with Mark Kotze. I did it in a very nice way. How many times? We saw it yesterday with Kelnick. Mm-hmm. Kelnick lays out. Woo! Misses it. Dude, you're – do you – literally – if I, Vince Catronio does this all the time to me. It's the big leagues. You know what? The big leagues now, they have dumb players. We've got super talented. Stop telling me about the big league. Oh, this is the big league level. You left your feet on a ball hit by one of the fastest guys in baseball. So if I'm a pitcher on the mound and I'm watching you where you could have cut this off, would have been a base hit, you would have cut it off one hop, got it into second base. But you, Kelnick, terrific athlete, but really bad judgment, you laid out. He doesn't get it. What happens? Ball goes all the way to the wall. And everybody's running. First rule. I asked Mark Kotze about this career center fielder. You wait. I didn't bring up Ruiz. He ends up bringing up Ruiz. The knuckleball that he dives for, that was awful. Yeah, you got guys making just boneheaded mistakes. Now Kelnick's from the for the other team, but it's all over baseball. Stop playing like boneheads. Start playing like educated professionals, and you wouldn't have six losses. And pitchers, what did we see yesterday with Drew Rusinski? Do I need to get my scorebook out? Walk, double, walk, 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 walk. You can't walk people. You can't walk people. Anytime. I don't care what level of, what level of baseball do they say, hey, walk the guys. It's a good idea. Uh, none. Last time I checked. What? You mean it's just not the big league level? We have a hunt. The, t- the, the A's pitching staff overall is 163 walks, which is the most in baseball by who's, 20. But yeah, who's next? The White Sox. Right. Does it take some special ability to throw strikes? No. No. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I, was, I wasn't a pitcher. But, um, but anyway, the most walks ever in a season. 827 by the 1915 Philadelphia. Well, if you were a legit mathematician, which I know you are not, 
and I can only say that to him because I'm not either. <laughs> what are we on pace for? Uh, I need that calculator that uh, that we found that our friend our friend Carl Buschek showed oh, us. Oh, the uh, magic calculator? Yeah, the magic for home runs. We need that for, for – for I mean, we're – two days ago was the five-week mark, and we got how many? A hundred and what? 163. That's not – that's not – that's not talent. I mean, go ahead. Go, I mean, I'd rather you go out there, get your brains beat in. Give up 20 runs a game. Don't walk anybody. You can't defend a walk. You could have a guy hit the ball. The hardest ball hit this season could be a line drive to shortstop, but it's still an out. Oh, you found it? Uh, oh, this, so this is a home run thing, but I put it. I put, we have 163 walks. There, you played, did it for home runs. We did it. We there's 32. We played 32 games. Yeah. And there's 162 games in the season. We are on pace with 130 games left for 825 walks, which would be two behind the major league record. We're on pace for the major league record of walks given up by a pitching staff. Now I don't know how accurate the calculator is, but we'll just say it's accurate. I mean, does anybody fact check? I've been watching a lot of stuff. I don't think there's a lot of people fact checking anything anyway. Um. How can you be on pace in modern-day baseball where we claim to have all the data, all this data? We got got high-speed cameras. We got Hawkeye. We got Rapsodo. We've got every – we got stuff that I don't even know about. And we're going to set the record for walks? That's not good. That's a come on, man. Let let me – all right, let's see. Let's see. Um, how many – SD has 13 steals, and he's played 32 games. Yeah, 66. So this is pretty accurate because it's on pace for 66. Yeah, it, it's whether – it doesn't doesn't matter. They do it for home runs. So you can do anything. Actually, I'm curious because we've got up the most home runs as a pitching staff in Major League Baseball. The record. You know what? But 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 if we're going to say don't walk anybody, we just – we have to wear that. Oh, yeah. I'm just – you know, I'm just curious now. The answer would be, yeah, we wouldn't – we come nowhere close to the record set by the Orioles a few years ago at 305. We come to like 273. Hudman just texted me, is it okay if I join video from the dugout? Yeah, yes. Of course. I told him if, if it doesn't work out, we'll just call him. So we'll see. Yeah. Whatever the Hud, whatever the Hudman wants, Hudman gets. Don't forget he was a great football player too. It's from Fresno, right? Yeah, he's a Fresno guy. We don't hold that against him. <laughs> oh, you don't want to play what you said at the beginning of the show about Fresno? No. <laughs> no. We'll leave that out with Hudman. Rex Hudler – Rex Hudler is a guy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That why you'd love to play with him, why you want to be around him, 
Because you know, like now we all go on Instagram or Twitter and there's inspirational speeches and inspirational quotes everybody's looking for. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of depression in the world right now. A lot of people are dealing with it. And something you've talked about, you've dealt with in your life. I know my wife deals with it. Uh, it hits close to home to everybody, and we're all finding ways to mental health and to get better. Having someone like Rex Hudler every day who shows up with gratitude, humble, positive, doesn't matter if he's a player, broadcaster, Wonder Dog's ready to go every day. And that's one of the things that uh, all these years we've been doing this show, and then even at the, the, the start, of my career when he was still playing. Rex Adler was still playing when I started my career. That was the one thing that you you loved about him is that he brought it every day. He's an inspiration. I tell you, he's like inspiration every day. Rex Hudler's ready to go. Do we have him? Hey. Rex, how are you, buddy? Fellas, are you kidding? I'm in a major league ballpark. That's what, what I'm saying. What's that? I'm saying every I try and tell everybody. That a guy like you, whether you were a player, a broadcaster, growing up in Fresno as a football player, every day you're humble, you have gratitude, and you come to the park ready to play, and everybody can feed off of that. Oh, you know what? Hey, and I wish I had a little more talent. I'd like to have a little more skill. And, you know, the Yankees thought that when they picked me in the first round, 18th pick in the country. Can you believe that? <laughs> but, you know what? Hey, look, some of, them, some of them make it, some of them don't. But, by golly, I'm not ashamed to be in a Yankee bust. But, eventually, the cream rose to the top, and I was able to find a niche, and that niche was being a pine rider. Ride the pine for nine. Wasn't a bad gig. Now, Early on, when I was still young, I needed to make some money. I was getting married, and I had to make some money, so I would bug my managers. I would knock on the door, and their managerial door, if, if I wasn't in the lineup. And I'd say, hey, Skip, man, I'm getting married. I got to make some money. I got to play. I'm going to get this guy. And he'd go, okay, next time, Hud. Now, then, then after I outlived all that and finally made a little cake, they uh, then, then when I was in my mid-30s, I didn't want to play. I had so much fun on the bench in the dugout, man. So I was looking at my name in that lineup card. It wouldn't be on there. And I go, man, I'm going to go out there now and have some fun with my guys. So, and then, and then God blessed me again when my first life was over as a player. He, he opened up the doors for broadcasting. And, man, oh, man, is that so much easier, fellas. It's so much easier to come to the ballpark, you know, and, and that backside booty ain't, ain't as tight anymore. You know, this, it's a little bit easier to talk than it is to perform at this level. But, man, I'm so grateful to be on with you guys, especially in that Bay Area there in California. Man, I love the central San Joaquin Valley and everything about the Bay Area. We can't wait to get there in August. Well, it's like bringing you home. Obviously, all your success, as you said, in the Central Valley in Fresno and what the Bay Area has meant to you in your career. And when you talk about going to have that personal relationship with your manager and you want to play because too many guys, they show up, they don't see themselves in the lineup. You know, Hud, they put their head down, they go into the locker. You know what? There's nothing wrong with going in and discussing your playing time. It's your career. You only got one shot at this. You want to get as many at-bats, you want to get as many innings, whatever it is. Just talk about for a young player, there's nothing wrong with having good dialogue with your pitching coach, your hitting coach, or your manager. No, and as a young player, it was important for me 
uh, that, that, that I, my manager uh, had an open door policy so that I could share my feelings with him whenever I felt like it. And that was part of, of uh, a successful skipper. And guys, I got to tell you, I can brag about this because I had nothing to do with it. But playing for a guy named Yogi Berra, Billy Martin, Earl Weaver in my first three years in the majors, and then moving on playing for Buck Rogers was a great uh, inspiration to me. He taught me a lot about baseball. And then they, then Whitey Herzog traded for me. He quit. Red Chandy's took over. I, I had I loved Red for two for two months, or actually two weeks, until a guy named Joe Torrey came out of the Anaheim Angels booth. And he came out of the booth and managed me for another couple of years. Uh, Terry Francona, Joe Madden. I mean, wow. just the, the, the list goes on. And I'm so grateful I picked and drew from different things from these guys. But, man, Joe Torrey had the, some of the best communication skills, along with Terry Francona. And I loved all those guys. But those two guys in particular, when they're when I knocked on that door or that door was open and I would knock on it before I came in, hey, can I come in, Skip? Man, it, it was, what do you got, Hud? Sit down. What can I do for you? You know, they had time. They were almost like a psychologist that could help his player, maybe a dad. I looked at him as, as my, my daddy. And Joe Torrey, when Luis Okendo, Lu, uh, uh, Lu, uh, Okendo, Jose Okendo and Ozzie Smith were the combination in St. Louis, Okendo went down, got hurt. And I was an everyday second baseman, and I could have handled that job every day. But Joe Torrey went down and picked, and got Luis Alisea from AAA. And so I went in there and I asked him, hey, Joe, gosh, and I was, I was hoping maybe you would give me a shot at, at an everyday job tell Okendo got better and uh he goes hud man you you can do way too many things you're too valuable for me i can't, you're you're my my ace in my poker hand you could play seven positions you can pinch run late in the game for me in the ninth and you could pinch hit and sometimes hit a homer so you, you're way too valuable to play every day for me and he meant it and that's what made me feel so good about him. He pumped me up. He made me feel great. And when I left that office, man, I stand in front of a firing squad for that guy. And that's that's how you managers get, get guys to play for him. But, you know, you're right. You have to have a desire and a passion and realize that your baseball career is just like this. Now, your life, you hope, is like that. But your baseball career is like that. And if you're not hungry to play, it's going to pass you by. You're going to miss it. Thank God. I was raised by great parents. Mike Noakes, a great baseball coach who graduated from Cal Berkeley. They taught him the school, how to, how to play baseball, and he taught me how to play, how to play hardball. I mean, attack the game and, and, and always hustle and to be respectful. Always be respectful of your managers. And for these young kids that, that, that don't have that, I feel sorry for them. They're going to be out sooner than they want to be. I think about your skill set. What would you be today because of so many relievers and so little bench guys? Because we often have to remember you got to have a backup catcher too as a guy on your bench. So that really limits the guys you have and your ability, as you said, to play seven different positions, to be able to run, to be able to supply a little power. I don't. I think guys always concentrate. They want to play one position. They want to play every day. But you can have a healthy career and make a lot of money being really versatile. Oh, no question. You know, and my mother helped me with the, that mental adjustment. She said, "Honey, you played every day for ten years in the minor leaguer. I mean, as a minor leaguer, and I was a ten-year minor leaguer." And, and and I said, "Yeah, mom, but to accept my role in the big leagues is it, it, it's it's something that's going to take some time." She goes, you need to do it. 
you're a, you're a hardball player. You'll burn out as an everyday player. You'll play a lot longer, and you know you'll stay in the game longer. She was right, and I said, Mom, the difference between an everyday ball player and a, and a utility guy is about two million dollars. Mom, come on, man. She goes, Son, accept your role. You'll play a lot longer. And bottom line, I did. I accepted it. When I accepted it, that was that was like accepting everything. Not being able to play against certain lefties, against certain guys that you know you can succeed against. You know, you you had to suck it up. And she said, do something while you're in that dugout. So. Pressure on those guys. There's pressure on everyday players and, you know, to perform. So they don't really have the time, even though they might have the character. They didn't have the time to 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 keep guys loose. And I did that. That was my role. And I had so much fun in days when I started, I, I had to. I zipped it up, and I had to keep my focus, too. And my teammates, mainly Pedro Guerrero, would go, Pedro we're not Guerrero. listening to HUD. HUD's not <laughs> chirping. He must be playing today. <laughs> and sure enough, I was in there because you couldn't hear me chirping in the background. So I didn't really like to play late in my career. I, I enjoyed uh, the, the other stuff. But, fellas, it's the grand game for a reason. It's the grand game. It teaches you a lot about life. you got to show up every day. Bring a yeah. lunch pail. I was a lunch pail guy. And and look, when you're between the lines, you don't have no friends. And and it's a little different in the modern game today, and that's okay. I'm happy with that. It's, just, it's a little, little more of a, a gentler game. But still, the uh, playing at this highest level against this competition, man, you better rise to the occasion or go find yourself a real job. I, I know you got to get going. You got to get ready for your broadcast. But let's just quickly talk about these young Royals. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with the athletics. A lot of struggles early. What are you seeing with these Kansas City Royals? I see some future. You know, and for Kansas City fans here, when I got here uh, 12, 13 years ago, 14, I don't even know how many years I've been here now, I would use the word patience, and my partner, Ryan Lefevre, who was here a lot longer than me, he would say, uh, don't use that word anymore. Patience here in Kansas City, people are tired of hearing that because being a small market team, you know, we had to evolve, and we had in our championship run in 14 and 15 back-to-back -back World Series. That was homegrown, built, and a couple of real smart trades were were included there. But we're 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 growing. We got a, a designated hitter named Vinny Pasquantino, who's a real deal. This guy's a full. He's gonna be a full-time DH probably because of Nick Prado, a future Gold Glove first baseman. He looks good. So we have a couple of guys. Melendez is a, a, a full-time outfielder now. Used to be a catcher. Hit 40 home runs in the minors. Last year he just broke in. We're a lot like you guys. You're breaking some guys in. Some some, some guys that you hope will be guys. And so you got to be patient with that. We're not happy that, that uh, Brady Singer is supposed to be our ace. He's got an 8 ERA. So it just has not gotten off to a good start like you want. So what do you do? You don't put your head down and pout. You don't. You know, you walk in like you're hitting 300 and you're in first place. That's how you carry yourself as you're a big leaguer in this business of playing every single day for 162. Unlike any other sport, none of the other sports do what we do. That's why you have to be able to carry yourself with a positive attitude with, with your chest out, your head up, and you'll have a lot more success. That's why he fires us up. Hey, whether you were a broadcast, whether you're a broadcaster with the Royals, all those years I had you on with the Angels, or at the end of the year, at the end of your career as a player, it has always been an honor to have you on all my different programs. We love you here on A's Cast Live. Be well. We'll keep listening to you all the time. You're the best, my man. Hey, how's our ballpark looking? 
I've always loved Kauffman Stadium. I love it. Oh, man. The K is a beautiful thing. Hey, and tomorrow night we're celebrating Lorenzo K. Yeah. He's going to retire a Royal. So, look, don't feel sorry for us. We're big league ball players that are having fun out here and the broadcasting and it's baseball, but you are paid to win. So we'll see. It's going to be an exciting series. Always love being on with you guys. Thank you again for having me. We'll see you back in the Bay. In August. I can't wait. The man, the great Rex Hudler. <laughs> love that guy. I remember the first time I interviewed him. It had to be like 96, 97 like that. And he's just like, he's raring to go. He was raring to go. He'd been the big leagues for years. He's the HUD man. Then he, then he switches over and he starts doing broadcasting. Remember, he was with the Angels for years and then uh, now with the Kansas City Royals and Rex Hudler. If he doesn't fire you up and get you ready to go every day, you know what? I've changed. I feel I, I've See, he's changed me. I'm not even mad anymore. I did like what he had to say about the – I mean, I love listening to him. He's very positive, very grateful. Um, that's the kind of stuff that people who – uh, maybe aren't having a, the best day and worrying about the A's and everything going on. This is a guy you want to hear from. I mean, not that you don't well, want to hear, not I mean, you hear from us. I mean, we're people are going to be like, I don't want to hear that positive. But you know what? When you play something every single day, like I was explaining this, I, I've been I've been going to uh, the stretch lab every Friday. I go to the stretch lab. It's a something they got in my neighborhood down here in Willow, Gren, Willow Glen, and it's great because they really, you know, stretch out my shoulders. I've always had shoulder problems. My right shoulder early years pitching. I hurt my shoulder, my left shoulder, football, back, so much golf that I've been so getting stretched out. It's been great, right? And when I was explaining, like, no, we, we go every day. Like, I had to be late today because my appointment's at 11 o'clock. But Mark Kotze wants to do eleven fifteen, so you got to change your life. You got to be, you got to be flexible, and you got to work every day. Like we had a day off on the first. Our next day off is until what? The eighteenth? No, my day. You no, know, for me, oh, not no. you. You get every weekend off. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think, it's yeah. I think yeah, it's, it's the eighteenth. Is our next day off, right? Yeah. It's a, is it a Monday? I'll tell you right now. Because we we play Yankees and come on play Texas for four, so it might be yeah, it might be the. No, the 18th would be a, like that's the Thursday. 18th. We Thursday. had the first off, and our next, our next, our next day off is not till the 18th. And who's that? That's that's after we play. Oh, that's when the Diamondbacks come to town. That's three against Kansas City, three against New York. Then Texas is here for four, and then three for Arizona, and then finally a day off. So it's a, you got to be ready to go every day. And if you come in whining and complaining, it's like that doesn't work. That doesn't work. I try to tell people that, like, you can't you can't let the outside noise affect you getting ready for your preparation every day. You can get mad when you're losing, but you still got to be ready to go and talk baseball and make this thing happen. You can't fold up like a chair. You got to be a pro, and that's what these guys got to do. Uh, Pasquatino, he, who he was just talking about, have you seen his numbers? Dating back to last year? He's a lot of home runs. Oh, Vinny, I think, I think Jessica yeah, had Je him Yeah, on. Jess knows him pretty well. Uh, since August of 2022, this is now not a small sample size. He's been one of the best offensive players in baseball. He's fifth in average, seventh in on-base percentage, ninth in slug, so he's one of the top OPS guys, seventh in weighted runs created plus. I mean, he's the top ten player since August of last year. Yeah. 
288 and, this year, six home runs, 15 runs driven in, a 148 OPS plus. And that's where you start. You start, okay, how do you build? How do you build? How do you get better? You've got to find players. And every one of our scouts, we'll talk to Shooty Babbitt, uh, John Hughes, legendary scout who works for us, uh, who's had an incredible career. I ran into him the other day at the Coliseum, and he, you, know, you know what they all say? We're out looking for players. We've got to find players. We're out looking for players. And that's how this process works. You got to go find players. You got to go find guys who can compete. And you, you're starting to see. Like, how can you say you haven't liked what you've seen with Waldachuk? How can you say you haven't liked what you've seen with JP Sears? Mason Miller, obviously, super dynamic. Oh, by the way, I've been reaching out to orthopedic surgeons, you know, the guys that actually do Tommy John surgeries on this mythical number of 100 pitches. Doesn't mean anything. Because, you know, you hear, ah, I was worried, I'm worried about the kid's health. Is there any scientific evidence that the minute you go over 100 pitches that you are putting a pitcher in harm's way, like baseball people try and tell you, who do not have medical degrees, who do not do Tommy John surgeries. Is there any evidence? And so far, I'm getting back zero. Oh, I had a whole thing in the dugout, and people actually get angry. Like, Ken Korak got angry, was getting angry with me. I'm like, there's no evidence. There's no evidence. They have drilled it into everybody's thick skull that 100 pitches is the danger zone. And I'm not talking Top Gun. Now, that was Top Gun 1. Did they do, and I just it watched was, Top it, Gun 2. Do they do danger zone? I that was Kenny Loggins' Kenny danger Loggins, zone. Yeah. And what year was that? 86, we 86, said? 85, 86? Yeah. 86. Right into the danger zone. And that was the... It used to be Stephen Piscotti's walk-up song. That was... Top Gun, the first one, was the summer before I was going into high school. That's a great movie to have before you go into high school. Oh, it was a big deal. Not to go off on a side. You and remember, I was in San Diego where they filmed the movie. It was a big deal. You know what movies they, they're replaying in the movies right now? It's the fourth anniversary of Return of the Jedi that's actually playing in the movie theater again. The, our, like, old? Yeah, you, Return you're 40th even, anniversary. You're even allowing our, you're even justifying our old Star Wars stuff that you guys now all crap on with, oh, it's the Mandalorian. Um, yeah, I took his helmet off. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. You going to go bathe him for a month, or what do they got to do? <laughs> He's got to ba- bathe in the waters of Mandalore. Um, they're, so they're replaying. My wife and I looked to go see it. Han, if you don't have Chewbacca and Han Solo, I'm not watching. The intergalactic pimp Han Solo. That's the most overrated character in the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, name me, name me a bigger actor in the history of Star Wars than Harrison Ford. I'll wait. Hmm. Samuel L. Jackson. Hmm. Just saying, a lot of them are all. A lot of them weren't as big as yeah. Harrison Ford. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mark Hamill did a really good impression of him uh-huh. on uh, what the set. You, you, you ever you ever heard of Harrison Ford? Blade Runner. Huh? You ever heard of him? Indiana Jones. What else is? I mean, he's a lot of movies. But Always been a lot. Of I'm just trying to think of like his action movies. I mean, he was in like like uh, what was it? Ameri- and, uh, um. What was that full? It was like real early 
It was a folk hero type movie. What the hell was it? He was in a. Was I was about to say American Pie. Was he American was in Pie. he was in Witness. Um, right, he was in Witness, wasn't he? I'm like early. Give me his early, early, early. Blade Runner was a great movie. It was. He was good in the re in the re in the second one too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was in the in the movie Witness. Yeah, as John Book. Oh, where's this early stuff? And I know where. See, get me. Oh, he was Branch Ricky in Forty Two. Oh, that's right. He was. Who else was in Forty Two in your little Star Wars sagas? I don't think anyone. What movie am I thinking? American Graffiti, an absolute classic in nineteen seventy three. You don't even know what it is. I've heard, but never seen it. I mean, he was in. I mean, he was in TV. He was in Kung Fu, Gunsmoke. Uh, Mob Squad. I mean, he's Harrison Ford. He's been in the biggest movies of all. Apocalypse Now. Heard of it? He uh, he was really it was really great uh, during the uh, the, um, the. You're Oscars. talking about a guy that did Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones. Pretty big. Same guy. Same guy who wrote those. Big fan. Big Pretty George big. Lucas. Big fan. <laughs> I mean, if he just would have been in Jaws, he would have been in everything. <laughs> Every, every Air Force uh, One. Oh, I mean, that's a very underrated movie. Yeah. So once again, uh, of all your little Star Wars shows, your little Mandalorian, your little Disney Plus movie, anybody get anybody as big as Harrison Ford? And I know I'm making a jackass out of myself. I understand that. <laughs> but is anybody as big as Harrison Ford? Uh, and your little Mandalorians and I saw Solo. That movie. I didn't like the movie. I was on a Raider flight coming back from the East Coast, and I watched it, and it was better than. You only got so much. Yeah, to watch. it's true. But anyway, my whole point is, they're I, showing, I, I I didn't have a problem with Solo. They're, they're showing the movie in the theaters again, and they're still charging you twenty dollars to go see it. A person, it came out forty. You know what? If you want to make it cool, charge what the movies cost back in nineteen eighty three. Wait a minute, Return of the Jedi was eighty three. Yeah, it's forty years. What year was Star Wars? Uh, New Hope was in ninety uh, seventy seven. Every three years. Yeah, I was a little kid. Empire Strikes Back, which is my favorite one, Episode five came out in nineteen eighty. Then Return of the Jedi, 83. And then yeah. The Phantom Menace, the episode one, came out in 99. Lucas released them every three years when he did them. 99, 02, 05. And then now they have the, yeah, he was, now they have the new ones that aren't as good. Now that what, Mandalorian is in a third season. Descended, yeah. Seasons. Here, here's the problem, folks. Disney bought it for a lot of money, yep. billions, and they're going to mass produce everything they possibly can to recoup the old return on investment. That's how it works. Yes. You don't care how good it is. Pump it out. It's on Disney. It's streaming. It's our world. We Hey, we're trying to tell you, you know, you, you, know, you think cable is the way to go, and everybody still wants to talk cable deals. Streaming is going to be everything. You're going to stream everything. You're going to stream the game. You're going to stream it on. Uh, it's not, it's not, we're not going to consider it TV. You'll be streaming video, and it will be streaming audio that's the way everything's going someday i don't know if it's youtube or whatever you'll go and we're all going to be watching our games on this i already watch myself on YouTube. i mean you're watching us on that now yeah i watch my tv on youtube tv yeah it's crazy it's crazy the phoenix suns have the Fe we already saw the sharks just ditch terrestrial radio there's like how many teams on the nhl that don't eat they're like we're not even dealing with radio stations right? met, six of them uh something like, i met up with the great dan ruzanowski yesterday ruzy he's very not drew rusinski no drew ruzanowski dan ruzanowski dan ruzanowski yeah Ru ruzy's very interested in uh 
the video stuff and what we're doing. So I was talking with them about I'm that. So, I am tired of the Sharks bogarting <laughs> off everything we do. All right? Take your puck and take, your, take Sharky and figure out stuff on your own. All right? We already <laughs> helped you. Did we not already launch them? Yeah, I helped with that. Yeah. Why is it we're the ones in the Bay Area that get no credit, but all the teams say, hey, what are you guys doing? How are you guys doing that? Do we get – hell, our own franchise doesn't even give us credit. <laughs> I mean, everybody's coming to us trying to figure it out. The Sharks are coming to us. Do you tell the Sharks to uh, – Draft floaters on Monday. We'll see if they have the first pick or not. I'm going to say they probably – No don't. way. David no Knight. way. It never had look at what happened to us yeah. in the draft. We got six. six. We had the second worst record. Finished with a six. When's pick. the last time a Bay Area team had the first pick in the draft? Giants had well, okay. I'm 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 just gonna revisionist history. Giants took part two, so not them. Would would have first would have been Alex Smith. First. Alex Smith. Right? Was there, was there another? I just I'm wondering. I don't know. It wasn't wasn't in the Warriors? Did the Raiders have anyone? No. Go oh, Jamarcus. Oh, could have been Jamarcus. Jamarcus older or younger than Alex Smith? Uh, he was after. Let's see, Forty Nineers. Yeah. It would have been Forty Wouldn't want to do Aaron Rodgers. That was a bad idea. I mean, we haven't picked one one since Rick Monday. Right. I mean, the ha- first pick in the draft. I mean, <laughs> I mean, have we had the first overall pick? What was since that? Nineteen sixty six. E, ooh, 65. So we weren't even in. Hmm. Uh, I'm just trying to look and see. Kansas City. It, of course, it doesn't have what round they were drafted in. But I think it might have been Alex Smith would have been the last guy. Yeah, because a lot of these guys were drafted. So no Shark. Uh, the, if the Sharks would have had it. No, because the year that Marlowe went number two, Thornton went number one. And that was the 97. No Shark. Yeah, no Shark. Last Raider is Jamarcus Russell. I think Jamarcus might have been. Marcus Russell seems so long ago. 2007 NFL Draft. The Oakland Raiders select. The greatness of the Raiders. Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus. Quarterback, Louisiana State University. By Uh, the way, your Jamarcus sounds a little bit like Wash and Marcus. (laughs) Okay, it's fair. Uh, Yeah, I think so. the last two teams would have been the Raiders and the Niners. Because Warrior, yeah, you're right. The Warriors never have, or not, not never have, but have not recently. Have the Giants ever had the first overall pick in the draft? Ooh, it's also a good question. I don't think Lincecum and those guys were one one. Will the Thrill? I don't think he was number no. one. He was first round, but he wasn't uh, number one overall. Yeah, I don't. I, I need I need some time to look it up. The Count Montefusco. I mean, anybody going way back? SF Giants. Jack the Ripper. I don't think any of those guys. They certainly would be on the Wall of Fame. <laughs> I don't think po- Posey wasn't a Just one-one. Just a little shot at our friends across the bay. I mean, if you if you if you put on a Giants uniform, you're forever Giant. All right, here we go. Looking through their list. Uh, no, no. What about the big Marine, Matt Williams, out of UNLV? No. Was he first overall? No. No. Kaner. Posey was a fifth round. I was a fifth pick overall. Uh, I uh, think I think Bart was the highest. Bart was second, right? Yeah, Joey Bart was number two. That's the highest the Giants have ever had since they've been playing in San Francisco. That's crazy. The A's, we haven't had it since the first pick in the draft. I'd have to go back and look. The great Rick Money. By the way, Will, Rick- Will Clark was number two overall also. That's not number one. Matt Williams, third overall. 
The big Marine. Yeah, the Giants. By the uh, way, yeah. who who has colon cancer, and good luck to him. I mean, he feels great from what we've heard, but good luck to him, the great Matt Williams. Former A's coach, San Francisco got giant great, world champion with your Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, the last guy, obviously Rick Monday, but the last guy that the A's have taken anywhere close to number one, well, Ben Green was second. Mark Mulder was second. And that's about as close as we've gotten. So you've got 30 teams – and two of them in the Bay Area since the 50s and the 60s, that real late 60s, but for the A's, obviously the Giants came west with the Dodgers. Giants have never had the number one pick, and A's, Oakland A's have never had the number one pick. Uh, no. Here, I'm looking at the Dodgers right now. Uh, Alex Smith went number one and one in 2005. The next highest age, I think Bosa was like, wasn't Bosa two? Nick Bosa was the second, but Trey Lance was third. So, yeah, last guy for the Niners was Alex Smith. That's unbelievable. Khalil Mack was fifth, right? How many Car- times have that? The Yankees have had the number one overall pick. They have Brian Taylor, who stunk, but they've had it multiple times. You don't have to look it up. It's okay. It's easy to find. But it's like the A's and the Giants, have, while they have been in the Bay Area. Ron Bloomberg, he went number one in 1967. He went 1-1 one, one for the Yanks. Brian Taylor, who never even debuted. He's only number one overall pick, I think, to never debut. Uh, that's that's it for the Yanks. They've had it twice. Uh, yeah, the Yankees have, haven't even drafted in the top ten since. The last time the Yankees drafted in the top ten of the draft uh, was, this is incredible, Derek Jeter. They had the sixth pick. Every year since then. It's rigged. Been... It's rigged. <laughs> it's rigged. Yeah, I couldn't tell you the last time. The sh- yeah, the Sharks have – I don't think they've ever had number one overall. And they probably won't have it this year, unfortunately. And the kid in the draft is supposed to be the next Gretzky, Crosby, McDavid. The Bay Area always comes so close but never gets the first pick. That first pick. That first – yeah, well – Alex Smith and uh, Jamarcus was a total bust, and there was obviously reasons for that. Alex ended, a nice up, career. ended up having a nice career. And thank God his leg and, and where he is, he's a super nice kid. Did you ever watch that E60 on his leg and how they No, worked? but, I mean, I, I've met it's, Alex Smith's parents. I mean, He lived in Los Gatos when he lived there, right? One of, one, one of my best friends, you met AJ, yeah. his parents were best friends with Alex's parents. So, I mean, I've, I've known Alex Smith's parents. I mean, they're good people. So good, good to see that Alex Smith, and now he's broadcasting, right? Who's he with? Uh, Good-looking guy. I think he was. Um, was it ESPN? I can't remember what he was doing. But, yeah, I mean, he's not old. Out of Utah, Urban Meyer. He put Urban Meyer on the map. Yeah. Not, Urban, not Urban Meyer. That, Ute, that Utes team was legit. Who'd they beat in the Fiesta Bowl that year? Whoo! Oh, come on. If I'm asking the question, it's, it should be fairly easy. They beat Pitt? They beat the great... Walt Harrison. I was actually going to go Virginia Tech and the Hokies. Oh, Frank Beamer, huh? Yeah, Beamer Ball. Marcus Vick, not Michael. No, it was Pitt. Pitt and Rod Rutherford, and I want to say, is Fitzgerald on that team still? He might have already left. So there you go. Yeah, it's been a long time since the Barrys had a number one overall pick. Surprising. Is it more surprising that or? Wiseman was number two, I think, for the Warriors. Is it more surprising that? Or you look at the A's record and you look at how many times their starters have not gotten a win. Is there any correlation to that? Uh, what are we at now? 30, there, 32? Little hand-in-hand. Hand, Mr. 
because I had your, your your voice of the stadium texting me as she, which I am going to annihilate her. She doesn't understand pitch counts and how that affects how many innings you can throw because you have to throw X amount of innings to even get a win. Like you can say wins don't matter because people in the game have killed starting pitching. I mean, you've changed the game. Starting pitchers are not allowed to pitch anymore because of this pitch count. Like you get to a hundred. I'm I'm getting proof that there's no such thing to this hundred. I mean, you like you even ask someone like Scott Emerson, he gets nervous because you're like, well, why is the number not ninety? Yeah, fair. Why isn't the number not one ten? Who decided one hundred? And why do you guys all follow it like it's the? But do you realize how hard? I mean, if you go to get your calculator, fifteen pitches for six innings, you're at what? Uh, ninety. You're at ninety. So. I mean, you really – you can't be throwing balls. You can't be walking anybody. You can't be giving up hits. You give up anything in any inning, the odds are you'll barely make it to six because of how we've now changed the game of baseball. We have changed it to where – I mean, we've pulled guys this year at 70, 65. Domingo Herman had under 90, and he was in the ninth inning. Yes, it got pulled. He didn't even have a hundred. Didn't they lose that game too? Yes. <laughs> and people are looking at people are looking at Aaron Boone going, You got a guy throwing a no hitter? Do you have a perfect game? No. He had a no hitter less than a hundred pitches and gives up a hit or did he walk? It was yeah, I don't remember. I just remember he had Somebody like eight, got on and Boone came out pitches. and everybody at Yankee Stadium was like, dude, you gotta have feel. Like, is the guy you're bringing in from the bullpen? Clay Holmes, who's not had a good year. Fact. Does he have better stuff than the guy on the mound? And the answer is no. What happened? You lost. So this whole way, just because sports changes doesn't mean it's right. Things evolve. Things change. Things change back. You know, there's new ideas. You know, even like in our sport right now, they have legislated to get rid of things because they didn't think it was good for the game. They didn't think shifting was good for the game. So they legislated it out. They they they've done everything they can to keep it I mean, you gotta face three guys. I hate that rule. Why? Because you like just reliever after reliever after reliever, matchup, 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 matchup. Like there's certain ways for the game, but the one thing that we have done we have, A, killed really the starter. And not only that, the way we have prepared our pitchers and the way that we have gotten them ready to be whatever has shown that it gets them hurt more often than not. Guys are hurt more than ever. Guys are having surgery more than ever. So not only have you limited them, ch- tr- change how you train them, you're now injuring them more than ever. And you're still sticking with what you're doing because it is an addiction to the strikeout, velocity, and breaking balls. It's an addiction. How hard can you throw it? How hard can you spin it? And, oh, by the way, if you get hurt, ah, who cares? Next. It's like an assembly line. Next. Next. You don't care about these guys. I mean, we had it set on this program. And we haven't gotten into the Rays-Yankees yet, which is a really rivalry week. But, I mean, it's well known in our business that they will just, they'll use you, you break, they find another. Use you, you break, they find another. And then 
people who are into numbers try and justify it. They're trying to justify it. Like, well, that's, you know, that's the way it is. That's the way, you know, that's the smart way. That's why, because, because essentially things, numbers go hand in hand in our game. It's a, it's a game of math, right? Game and percentages. We know the longer you go in the game, the more likely you are to factor in the game. But now that I don't allow anybody to go deeper into the game, now you don't, now you don't factor in the game when it comes to wins and losses. So wins and losses don't matter to people. But all of a sudden, now that I don't allow you, allow you to go deeper into games, I'm now screwing my bullpen, and people are like, what do we do? It's the daily dilemma. Starters don't get, get deep enough, and I got a burnt bullpen. What do I do? What's your elixir? What, how do you fix this? Doc? I, I think one way to, to get into this, and there's two things I want to say. I don't know if this this is a total outlier, but it has to be brought up. Do you think teams are worried about pitchers pitching deep in the games or the pitch count when they have no hitter because of what happened to Johan Santana? Remember when Johan threw the no hitter and his career pretty much fell apart after that? Like he was done. He threw 134 pitches in his no hitter against the Cardinals 11 years ago, and then he was done. Like he just never. Well, I have an orthopedic surgeon on my phone that would tell you that's crap. Plus, I, I'm going to ask my best friend back in Pittsburgh is a doctor. What he kind of doctor? He, um, he's not an orthopedic surgeon, but well, I mean, I'm not going to a proctologist. No, no, he's not to try and figure out about my elbow. He's a te- he's a he works as a doctor for one of the Pittsburgh teams, but I will not say. Okay, who. ask him. I will. Yeah, ask him at a hundred pi- at a hundred pitches or more. Should we panic? Should we panic? And I already have an orthopedic surgeon on my phone. I got two more coming that tells tells me no. That there's no scientific evidence. But you've drilled it into the broadcasters. You've drilled it into the coaches. And now everybody goes with it. Everybody goes with it. Like, it's science. There's no, As we heard, trust the science. Remember that was a big thing? Trust the yes. science. And we all got, we're vaccinated. Trust the science. We trust. There's no science to this. It's zero. My but but here's your dilemma. I, I can go right now, I can just go to MLB Stats, and I can show you all these bullpens in baseball that are awful. You're pitching them more, and they're awful. Yeah, not everyone's going to be the Rays. Historically awful. Not everyone's going to be the Rays every year. My other point I was going to say is what I think that, that baseball is going to maybe start getting behind, I'd love to see it, and I know this is, gonna, this is big coming from me saying this. I love the double, the double hook rule that they're trying to do in the Atlantic League again, where you, your pitcher has to go at least five innings, that incentivize pitchers going deeper into games or you lose your your, D, uh, your DH, meaning your pitcher has to hit or you have to bring in a different guy to hit every time for the pitcher. So you pretty much use up your entire bench and all you have left is nothing if you don't have your pitcher go five innings. I think if Major League Baseball wants to do that, you put it at six. That way you start building these starters back up to pitching deep into games. And what would happen? What, if they go six? What happens if pitchers start going deeper in games? The less bullpen. What else? What goes hand-in-hand? Hand? Injuries. What goes hand-in-hand? Hand? You can ignore it all you want. You know the answer. What happens when you start going deeper in games? Drawing a blank. You get a win or a loss. Oh, yeah. You factor yeah. in the game to where it'll be like, well, wait a minute. I went five or six, struck a bunch of people out. I'm done for the day. Well, you realize there's still a third of the game left. That's why... That's why starting pitching mattered because your pitcher pitched most of the game. He factored in the game. You now 
have pitchers that are not starters who factor mostly in the game. You can look by the innings pitched. They are pitching more innings than ever before. They're pitching the high leverage part where, and that's where maybe the opener needs to be addressed more. Maybe a guy like Fuji needs just to pitch the first two innings and get him out of the way. I heard a caller bring up on postgame was yesterday or two days ago about using the opener more. Why not? If you know the guy's not going to go, uh, you want guys to go deeper into games, use Fuji. Use Sammy Long. Sammy Long has been the opener for the Giants the last couple, the, at least last year. The guy's done it. And he comes from the race system. Why well, put, put it this way. You don't feel comfortable to pitch Fuji at the end of the game because he doesn't throw strikes. Yeah, the other night. Fact or fiction? Oh, that's fact. Okay. So why not pitch Fuji Monday? I mean, I, I he should be able to go every other day. You realize that, right? Yeah. What do you two pitch? innings, an inning or two innings, he should be able to go every other day. And he pitched. What day did he, he pitched? Uh, what night did he pitch? Was that? I mean, but this is like you, you, if we if we dude, if you really sat down with baseball people, they'd be like, but yeah, Fuji can go two innings. Have him go two innings on Monday. Have him go an inning on on Wednesday. Two innings on Friday. He should be pitching three, four times a week because you don't want to pitch him at the end of the games and you don't want to start him. Well, what's the point of having him on the roster? I'm finding a roster spot for him. I'm finding a way. And, oh, by the way, that that now allows Waldachuk to go three through whatever, and now when he's pitching deep into the game, guess what? Waldachuk pitched well. He gets the – well, if you win games, he gets the win. That's what the win always showed. Pitchers got to go deep to get wins. Pitchers who go deep into game are valuable. I remember when we sat down with Dallas Braden. He goes, okay, I get you, I get you, I get you. But what if I told you a guy goes seven or eight innings? Well, that guy usually gets the win. If I went back and looked at DeGrom's career, I guarantee you I'd find a mass majority of all the times he went eight innings he won. I think we did this before. Right? Yeah, I was right. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say, so. But you go, ah, that doesn't matter. I'd rather, like, quality start. Six innings. By the way, I still have three more innings to go. If I have to get three innings from my – if I have to get three innings – now, obviously, your starters are not going to go six. We know that. I mean, I can – you want to go – I can go to the game log of every single team in baseball and show you their starters aren't going six every inning. But I'll play your quality start game. Let's do math. I've got to get three innings from my bullpen for 162 games. When we know the reality is there's going to be games, starters get pulled earlier than that. I mean, do you realize the amount of innings you're asking? How many outs you're asking your bullpen to get every single day? We, we just talked about it. We're playing every day. Every day we're playing from May 2nd to May 17th. We need to get more. We, can get, we need to get three or more innings and over 12 outs a game from our bullpen, and you think you're going to be successful doing that? Thought, There's no way. But people don't think of it that way. That's, that's why, what I'm saying. You have to think of this game as a math equation. You have to think about math. That's why we developed this offseason. How many outs do you have to get in a season? 4,374. How are you getting 4,374? You ask somebody that. Every single time we ask somebody that, what's their look look on their face? I think they're impressed we found out the number of outs were. They go, Wow, that's a lot of outs. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. They don't want to they don't want to admit hand in hand, longer starter goes, good or bad, they factor in the game. That's that's just nine innings. We're not even counting extra innings. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's bringing in more. <laughs> well, and also you could say in some games you don't pitch in the ninth inning when you're at home and you have the lead. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, you can look at it. I mean, it's just – it's. what would you say is a good bullpen ERA that you would be happy with right now? Well, the way bullpens are used in baseball, I'd say under three and a half probably. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, I bet you I, I'm not, I haven't looked at this. I know Tampa has one under that. I'm going to say the Twins do. Mm. Three and a half, huh? Yeah. How many teams have under three and a half? Uh, Were the Rays and Twins one of them? Ten. Uh, Rangers? Nope. Oh, wow. I, uh, I'm not going to sit here and do your top ten. I'm just going to tell you, only ten teams. So that means more than half of baseball has ERAs over three. Well, I would never would have said never would have said Boston. Uh, who's who's number one? Probably Tampa, right? Tampa, Seattle, New York, Astros, Angels. Angels surprising because they've been terrible for years. Oh, Pirates! Wow. Yeah. Um, more than half your league is not at what you say is good. Who did I say? I said Rays and who's the other? Oh, what's their, where are the Twins at? Three seven. Okay, three seven three. Okay, it's not about you. I, was, I, was just, I, I know the Twins have a really good starter ERA. So, more than half the league is not in the early parts. And normally, bullpens don't tend to really get better as the season goes. I know. They're used a lot more so. So, right now, where we are just over five weeks into this, your bullpens are not even what you say would be, eh, pretty good. I can't even say tonight for the A's, hey, get to the Royals bullpen because, well, they don't have the worst bullpen here, hey. Their their ERA is a bullpen is five point five one. I know, but you can't say that because of where, because what the A's bullpen ERA is. But well, we're historic bad. Yeah. But oh, actually, hey, whoa, 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 whoa! The White Sox aren't that far away. I mean, why would you not want to get into Kansas City's bullpen? Uh, actually, their their whole their whole they staff got a, they their got whole staff is terrible. Five point five one. I mean, this whole terrible is in ERA. Their ERA. San Francisco is bad. Giants. The San Francisco Ooh. Giants were built on bullpen. That's how they won three World Series titles. They're in a pitcher's ballpark. The San Francisco Giants, because they utilize their bullpen so much, they have a six point two six ERA. See, back in the day when the Giants were good, when you had Lincecum and you had Kane and you had Bumgarner and you had Vogelsong, um, Vogelsong they threw innings. So their bullpen didn't get burnt. So you could use Lopez and Romo and Wilson. Well, and then when because because your starters went deeper into games, they factored into games. See now it's like now ah, and I get it. You can say in, in our in the state of our game where you don't allow guys to pitch deep into games. Yeah, what, what does win loss matter? You know what I'd like though. I would like to have a meeting with everybody that runs the stadium. Instead of coming into my my Ace Cast booth and arguing with me, I want to sit down with everybody and go over what we put up on the scoreboard and have that to see if anybody wants to have that discussion. Can we have that meeting? Yeah, Evo Vito. Yeah, let's um, scratch putting because uh, ERA doesn't matter to these people. Uh, wins losses doesn't matter to these people. Let's just take it off the scoreboard. Doesn't matter anymore. So we're we gonna put up there ERA plus. I don't know. You tell me. You guys tell me because you guys say what doesn't matter. Tell me what matters, and let's have a roundtable discussion and see what see what the masses feel about your ideas. Uh, I would say we they we'd want to put K's up there. Um, you probably would just want K's. Yeah. How many strikeouts? Velo- does this guy velocity. Get? 
Uh, Velocity and case, and and but you can't do spin rate rate because no one knows what the hell it is. So Uh, it's like and stuff plus. We'll we'll give you know shout out. You know stuff stuff plus. plus. (laughs) Yeah, can you imagine that roundtable discussion? Uh, That would be great. That would be great. Here's what I was gonna throw out to you. Wait, you you don't? Yeah, let's tell the newspapers don't put people's records anymore. Aaron Goldsmith was great. He he. I don't care about it. You know, it's amazing. No one will say that on air. Well, well, I mean, I do, but you're talking about broadcasters. Oh, yes. you would really go on our, our broadcast and when we're doing a game going, do you know what, Delaire? Take that record off. That's ridiculous. You'd do that on that, on on regular television? I don't care about win-loss. You would do that? I'm not on television. I don't have to worry about it. If we put you on television, you would say, I don't care. Don't tell me what their records are. And the fact that we're putting it up on the screen is ridiculous. Brian Kenny says it. I'll say it. See, he wouldn't. He's got. They're all gutless. They're tough when they come into the A's cast in my booth at the stadium and talk big, but they won't go public with it. Yeah, you should say. I, I think you know what. We should not even have what these pitchers do. We shouldn't even have it. It should just say. It should just say. Kyle Mahler, his ERA. How many straight? Uh, no, because ERA. You say ERA doesn't matter. No, I, I care about ERA. Well, you guys, all you, all you geniuses. Need to come up with what's important because you guys are all over ERA the board. ERA plus because that's you guys are all over the board. B- because you got to you got to have something to put down oh. to promote the game. You got to come up with something. So once you guys all get together, because you're not going to actually go to the people because they'd shoot you down and say you're an idiot. But go ahead, you guys all get together to tell us what we should what what can we focus on. And by the way, if it's quality starts, I'm not your Huckleberry at six innings, three runs. Oh no, I uh, I told you about it before. Ken, uh, Ken during spring, I think it was during spring training. Ken Korak said he does not like the. Let me see if I still have it. That's horrible. Uh, I think I might still have it. Let me see if I let me see if I have it. Uh, Ken gave his rationale on it. But and, you'd like if it was Degrom who had six innings, two runs, and nine strikeouts. Uh, what was it? Six six run, wait, six innings. What? How many runs? Two Three. runs. Three. That's what they call a quality start in baseball's terms. Now, yes, uh, I don't have it. I guess I, I think I deleted it. But yeah, Ken was talking about how I think he wanted it to be uh, seven. It was seven innings, I think, for a quality start. Seven innings and two runs, or he does this. Said he how he doesn't like the quality start because they were talking about Degrom. Well, if it's seven innings, it's going to be really hard to get anybody there. But the way the game's going now, yes. That's what I think people don't understand. And that's why I hope uh, this may be too much for you. You may be like, why are they talking about that? You have to understand how many pitches per inning. And the fact that we don't allow people to get a lot of pitches per inning, and we do not want them, not me, the higher-ups, do not want people to face a lineup a third time. If you made seven, look how hard it was for Mason Miller to get through seven. By the way, Mason Miller only walked four people. So whether it was four walks, four base hits, two walks, there was only four people who got on base. Now, was he as sharp? But he barely got through seven with no hits. Do you know how hard it would, you know how hard it would be if you made a quality start, seven innings? Yes. Because, a lot, I mean, not a lot of guys are doing it. Um, I thought, I, I swear I just found it. I think I did find Ken and John. Let me see. Yes. Here we go. Let me let me make sure it adds in here and we can play it. Uh, 
It's about a minute and a half. Here you go. This is Ken and Johnny during spring training talking about quality starts. They don't think anything is real serious with some of their veteran starting pitchers, but they've got guys that are nicked up and a little uncertain right now as far as pitching down here in the Cactus League, at least in the not-too-distant future, inside for a ball, and they count two balls and no strikes. Jacob deGrom, of course, and Nathan Evaldi. It's concerned because they don't, they don't have a ton yeah. of starting pitching depth. So mm-hmm. Andrew Heaney. Yeah. I mean, on paper, they've really bolstered their rotation, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. It just, the question is, can those guys stay healthy? Will mm-hmm. they get 17, 18 starts out of DeGrom? I don't think they'd be happy with 17 or 18 well, from DeGrom I mean, just, at all. Right? Well They're right not paying now. him to make 17 or 18 starts. <laughs> I just don't. I just, if, you they, see, if, they could, if he could give them 27 or 28, yeah, well, we'll see then, happening. right? Yeah. If they get 25 starts out of the ground, be great. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. yeah. look at the history. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If they got 25 really good starts from him. Yeah. Right now, then you're talking. Yeah. I mean, their GM Chris Young is sitting right next to us here. We we could ask him if he would. <laughs> ask him, bring him Chris, in. would you accept 25 starts? You know, from uh, Degrom this year. Yeah, he is. Quality starts are. Well, it's Degrom. They're going to be quality starts, right? Yeah, and I think the quality, oh, you suck. The quality start stat is oh. a lousy stat. Lousy stat. So my definition of a quality start would be different from six innings and three runs. Yeah. That's not a quality start for Jacob Degrom, to me, right? Six innings and three runs. For Degrom, he got roughed up there, right? Right, right. So he kind of doesn't like the quality start six innings. And I kind of agree with him. All right, I'll give you. Let, let's go to your boy Degrom. What year is this? Try to get the last year he actually really pitched. Twenty-one. Or he had 92 innings. Uh, so he comes out hell on wheels. What what would be your quality start? I think for someone like him who... Has, no, just you got to have a definition. I think I think seven innings, three. Set. Seven innings, three runs. Okay, so he'd have two quality starts to start the year. Then the entire month... Uh, so he goes an entire month... With one quality start because he goes six, five, three, six. Then he goes another month, six, five, five. I mean, it's like if you went quality start, he'd only have a couple a year. So I'm looking at it right now. <clears throat> the Grom, uh, the year he had the 170 ERA. I mean, he's a lot of games where he, he has a lot of games where he went over seven innings. Um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. He had a lot of quality starts when it comes to seven innings. But this is the last year he was actually healthy, and he was unbelievable. And that was what year? 2018. Oh, my God. It's five years ago. We're in 2023. He was 30 then, right? Because he's 35 now. Yeah. So he was 30 years old then. It's really like if we go through his career. Sorry, 34. If we go through his career and compared him to the greats, if this quality, if we up the quality start, he would not even be close. Oh, no. You thought we want to compare him to Clemens and Nolan Ryan. And I don't. I, Nolan Ryan lost more games than anyone in baseball, and he still had quality I mean, starts. All contemporaries. You couldn't compare to Kershaw. No, Verlander. Verlander. Scherzer. Garrett Cole. Future Hall of Famer. I talked to a future. No, you couldn't compare him to Garrett Cole. Garrett, by the way, Garrett Cole hasn't lost the game yet this year. But when's it matter? It's a good ERA. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, under, it's almost under one and a half. Think doesn't about matter. that. It doesn't matter. Wins don't matter. Why does Garrett Cole get wins? Because he goes what? Deep. Into games. By the way, his team hasn't been winning. No, no. Yankees have been bad. We, we need get, to get into yeah, that. We'll get to after shooting. We'll get into it before we play. Cocktail. We haven't taken a break yet. We should probably take one. 
Every amount TV, they break like every two. It's like I just start get rolling. It's like a well, you're tease, spoiled now. You're on tease. TV. You're spoiled now on TV. I just I was like I got more to talk about. I got things I want to talk to Shooty about. Tease on A's post game live. Seriously, <laughs> can we get can we get some stuff? I got some. We got some stuff to talk about. They just that's a great thing about what we do. We can break. We can not break. Yeah, for sure. But we do have sponsors we need to play. Coming up next. The Super Scout, Shooty Babbitt, right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, now joining us here on A's Cast Live, he is the Super Scout, Shooty Babbitt. How are you, Shooty? I'm fantastic. I am doing outstanding. Um, no rain, no pain. Yeah, we're gonna. This is like a mulligan off the tee. This is beautiful. Good thing <laughs> for tape. <laughs> so we're trying to figure out like a quality start, and a lot of people would like to see it extended to seven innings, and. A lot of people try and get on me about still talking about a pitcher's record, and I said, well, the only reason pitcher's records, you say they don't matter anymore, is because you don't allow them to pitch deep enough to actually factor in games anymore. And because you do that, we've now basically ruined bullpens because I can give you the numbers on bullpens right now. The majority of bullpens are just, I mean, they are just an absolute train wreck. Here, throw it back over here, Cody, if you're going to do that. Uh, bullpens right now in baseball are a train wreck, and we do know, Shooty, bullpens don't get better as the seasons go. As the season goes on, they just get more attacked. So it's like to really judge pitching, like if I was to say to you a quality start, could you give me – what the innings and runs, what do you think it should be? In my humble opinion, it's going to always be six innings. And the problem that we have, because we've gone to just an uh, uh, era of bullpens, most of these guys come in and throw one inning. Okay, we're not talking about two inning and three inning bullpen guys. Back in the day, they had closers that went multiple innings all the time. Okay, one inning, okay? Who has enough guys that can come in and huff and puff for one inning every other day? Most of these guys, if they throw yesterday, they can't come in and pitch again consecutive days. And then you're talking about guys that are tired right now, and it's just now May. Their cleats have just gotten broken in at this point. Are you kidding me? So, I mean, we, we, we got all emphasis on velocity, on yep. velocity, on velocity. Grab it. And chuck it as hard as you can. If you notice how many times you just sit there and watch bullpen guys that sit there, can't wait to get in the game, sit there for an hour and a half, getting paid for doing nothing, then they get their name called, they come in the game, what's happening? Ball one, ball two, strike one, ball three, strike two, three and two count, three one count, 
You know what I mean? Nobody can pitch anymore. Everybody's throwing. So guess what? You huff and puff until you figure you can't blow the house down, and you're going to have to learn a different way of getting in there. So until they change the mindset on how they are uh, developing these kids, take that radar gun away, teach these guys some touch, teach these guys sequence, teach these guys the art of pitching, we're going to continually and constantly have guys breaking down, having Tommy John surgery, and a shortage of pitching. You know, I wonder how these guys feel when they come to pro ball because if you are a top pitcher coming out of college, you pitched a lot of games. If you're a top draft pick coming out of high school, you pitched in a lot of games, and now we're throwing you in A ball and we're allowing you to go like only three innings. And we're not, now we're not even allowing you to go three innings every five days. It could be six days, seven days. At what point, as just a baseball player, do you get tired of not participating in games? You're really, if you look at the grand scheme of things, nine innings a day, and you're only going once every six days, you're sitting around watching a lot of games, Shooty, and I got to think, if you're used to playing a lot and now you're not playing, that's got to drive you nuts as a top draft pick. Oh, no question about it, Tony, and... You know, you look at I, – I got broken as a scout with the Atlanta Braves starting in 1994. So I watched Leo Mazzoni and how he worked with – keep in mind, those were some great pitchers that he worked with. But development, he had his hands on them. And one thing that they taught and what they did is they had a throwing program that those dudes threw every day. Okay, the days that they weren't pitching, they were throwing because they believed in building up arm strength. No one on that staff blew 95-96. Tom Glavin, Maddox, who had 94-95 in his bag, he just carved you up for 17 straight years. He got gold gloves because if he threw it where he wanted to and if you made contact, he knew exactly where you were going to hit it. That's why he was always in position. Okay, so how could you come to pro ball and you have an opportunity to compete against the best in the world after you busted your tail, uh, worked your way through the minor leagues, fought off all the competition that you have, and then you get here, and then you're a specialized guy when you're used to being a guy that goes out because you get better by playing every day. You don't get better by watching. I don't care what nobody tells you. I remember my son went to college. He went to San Diego State. Tony Gwynn told him all of that stuff. He got down there, and before he even unpacked his suitcase, he had already recruited over it. So he's down there sitting, and he sat for his whole freshman year. Sophomore year, he's same stuff. So he could call me and say, Dad, I didn't go to school to be a cheerleader. I want to play. He came back here and went to the Academy of Arts University and played the next three years and had a ball at a school nobody even knew that they had. Ended up getting drafted by the Dodgers, played for a couple of years and experienced playing professional baseball. But the bottom line is he had more fun over at the Academy of Arts playing every day opposed to sitting. So, yeah, it's definitely an adjustment. And this is even more harder adjustment when you know you do get that opportunity on that sixth day and you come out there and you and, and you poo-poo on yourself for an inning and third and they got to come in and snatch you you got to wait five more days before you get a chance to pitch again so um it's a tough gig but you know what ain't no league bigger than this one and nobody ever told you it was going to be easy so that's why the lights are so bright up there man because you need to see the best players that are playing how tough is it as a scout when you're not the big league level and you're as you say out in the bushes. We don't know where you are. We can't contact you. Uh, you're out in the bushes. But how tough is it 
when you're out there and to evaluate guys when you only see him for two, three innings. I mean, you really don't know what he's like in the second inning versus the fifth inning, sixth inning, God forbid the seventh inning. If you're only seeing these guys, how do you truly evaluate them if you're seeing them for two, three innings? Well, Tony, you've heard me say it plenty of times before. Guys define their role. Your skill set will separate you from other players. So if you're not balling, if you're not doing nothing, this ain't no guessing game. Because at a certain period of time, um, you, you become an evaluation scout. You know, you're putting your name on a guy that you've seen something happen, not a projection, you know, not no statistical, analytical, uh, uh, quantitative measurement that came up and told me that this guy is going to be that guy. No, it be because when I put my name on that guy, when he goes out there, my name is on that guy. And, I, and seeing is believing. Uh, it, it's just like as an athlete, once you've done something, you know you can do it. Even though it might have been difficult, you know that you can do it. So once I've seen it, if I've seen a guy spin that breaking ball, even though it's not a very good curveball, he doesn't have really good command of it right now, but I can see the spin in that ball, I can see the revolution in that ball breaking in and out of the zone, then I can say, hey, this guy's got a curveball, he's got a chance to be a viable pitch. There need to be some adjustments made, but the 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 quality of the pitch is there. So, uh, man, you can't make no money sitting in this business. I don't care who you are. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter what sport. You can't sit in football, can't sit in basketball, and make any money. I mean, that's just that's just how it works, right? And, and I think, and I think about, and I think about you going to see a guy, and that's where we talk about Sauri Ruiz. About when you saw him, you saw him do so many different things. What he was able to do with his legs, his bat, his glove, he affects a series in so many different ways. We're seeing that now at the big league level. Just talk about the first time you laid eyes on him and what you saw. Yeah, Tommy, I was the type of player who. Um, I could run a little bit. I wasn't super fast. I could hit a little bit, but I didn't have great power. Um, I, I had a skill set, but I had to work very hard. Um, you know, I had to take guys out in second base. I had to take the extra base. Um, I had to do the small things just for somebody to notice me. I'm 5'7", 170 pounds. I just look like another little dude on the field. But then, you know, did you see that that play that he made? Did, Every time you turn around, you might be there watching some other guy, but, man, what about that dude right there? And that's what happened with me with Ruiz. Now, he was a shortstop in the second baseman when I first saw him in the Padres organization, and it was so cluttered with talent over there that he did not have a chance to break in over there. The dude took his game out to center field, start playing out there. Every time you turn around, he was doing something with his legs. He's running off the field. He's running on the field. He's going first to third. Every time he gets on base, he don't care if the guy has a 1-1 to the plate and the catcher back there has a 60 off. You're going to have to throw me out. And every time he just – I liked him, and then he just made me love him with his play. He played like – he had a sense of urgency that he was getting an opportunity and he was going to take advantage of it. Now, he may not get out of this year. Okay, but the one thing about it is not going to be from a lack of effort. Now he's getting a chance to tone his game down a little bit. Uh, once they make some adjustments, see the things that he's doing, it's going to be fun to watch to see what well, part of being a scout to see can this guy make the adjustments that the league is making adjustments against him. 
And that's a great part of it. Anybody listening to this, whether you're a young player or you're watching this or you're an adult who knows a young player, if you just listen to what Shooty said, where you said, Shooty, I'm watching him run on the field, I'm watching him run off the field, I'm watching him run around the bases, you're watching all of his movements. We think about, oh, how many home runs does he hit? But as a scout, you're noticing how this guy, everywhere he goes, he runs. You're seeing the hustle. You're seeing the drive. You're seeing the want. People just see, think you, scouts, see guys rounding the base and bases hitting home runs. You watch these guys when they're playing, when they're coming on the field, off the field, and you notice this kid's always hustling and always running, and that translates at any level. The, biz, the, the biggest asset that we have for success is preparation. And when you watch players that you know that action is going to occur, what's going to dictate them having some success is instincts, the anticipation, and the preparedness that they have before that happens. So you see a guy, just because he's fast, if he's over there not taking good primary and good secondary leads, if he's not reading ball in dirt, if he's not looking to take first or third, first thing I'm going to do, yeah, he might be fast, but he doesn't have great instincts. He don't have a great feel for the game. He doesn't play with a sense of urgency. All of these things that lead up to, I mean, because let me tell you something, man, you know Tony better than anybody. You sit about 30 feet from him every day. These are the best players in the entire world. But at 3 o'clock at 3.30, they're taking ground balls, they're taking tee work, they're taking short hops, they're doing drills because understanding that the more you do something, the right way, the better you become at it. And, and these guys don't take a day off. So somebody that's an amateur that hasn't done anything, haven't been anywhere, they have no time to be taken off. And I have no time as a scout to be watching somebody that don't have an idea where they're trying to go or how, what it takes to get there. I mention it all the time. We see him one time a year. Nobody, and I mean nobody, works harder before the game than the Tampa Bay Rays. Like, if you look at what the Red Sox do, their competition, you look at what the Red Sox do, you look at what the Yankees do, they kind of take ground balls. It's kind of like whatever. It's batting practice. Before they don't eat, they after the A's get done hitting, Shooty, they take the batting cage, pull it back, and they take a full-on infield, the Rays do, before every single game. Before they have swung a bat, before they've put a bat in their hands, their infielders will do a full-fledged, old-school infield practice like they're a summer, summer ball team. And then they bring the cage back, and then they start working with hitting. The fundamentals for the Rays and what they do and how they prepare every single day. You've wondered all these years, well, how do they play with these teams like the Yankees and like the Red Sox who spend so much money? Because they're fundamentally better. They're the one team, I can guarantee you, you're not going to outwork them. And that's matriculated all throughout their system. Um, that's why those young players, when they come there, and you see guys performing and you never even heard their names before. And like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? They trade one big guy and here comes another guy. And that's how it used to be. You know, you, you, your, your farm system was so strong that when one guy at the big league level either outperformed his contract or he's not performing at all, there was somebody that was ready to come up and plug into that position. Not to come up to the big leagues and learn how to play. Not come up to the big leagues and understand the game. No, you've been prepared 
through development, knowing how it's done at the big league level because we're going to prepare the same way here. But because of the way things are right now and it's not a whole lot of inventory and some teams are in situations where they just got to put the best players that they have in there, that's the way it go. But it's 30 teams every year that have the same goal, and there's only one team that can win it all. Other than that, if you're not that one team, everybody else didn't have a great year. You came up short. So that's how difficult this is, and that's how cruel the game is. But um, it's a wonderful game. Um, it's not fair, but it's not supposed to be. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to get the opportunity to put that uniform on. And uh, it's going to be some good days. It's going to be more bad days than it is good days. You know, three out of ten, you're a Hall of Famer. Two out of the ten, you like me talking to you on the phone about the game. <laughs> One more hit. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, man? If you got a couple more hits, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be styling, profiling every night on TV. <laughs> I'm just telling it like it is, bro. <laughs> You'd be fishing in the Bahamas if you would have made all that money. We wouldn't get you on. We wouldn't get you on NBC Sports California or on A's Cast if you had a two hundred million dollar contract. Yeah, but you know how I look at it, Tommy. Though two hits is sure enough better than no hits. Oh, you, I, I try. I, I can't tell you how many times I explain it. It's a game of math. You get one more hit, one more double, one more that. It adds to all of your stats. Everything goes up with just one more a week. One more a week, just everything gets bigger. Uh, the move by the question. the move by the A's to move three guys out of the clubhouse and now move three new guys in just after the five week mark. It's like okay, we gave everybody that month and a little bit over a month. How powerful is that move? of taking three guys out and bringing three new guys in. I love it. I love every bit of it because it's reflective of the people that's running this organization. We have some guys that hate to lose, even though they understand the situation that we're in and the results that happen. It's not that they're going to sit here and take it and like it. They're going to continue to try to be as competitive as possible. They don't want anybody to sit there and think that it's okay to be marginal at the big league level and eat big league spreads and wear big league uniforms and get big league treatment and hitting a buck 76 or you got a 7.8 ERA. That's not how it's done at the major league level. So we're going to continue to move guys in here um, that want that want to take advantage of an opportunity. And if they do, they'll stay. And if not, they're gone. But you got to keep on. You know what? I was talking to somebody early, Tony. You know, how would you feel if you ended up on a team with the worst record in the history of baseball and to know that you were on that team and you were underperforming and you're going to be part of that history? Well, every guy that's on that roster have an opportunity to be a part of that. And if that is not enough to motivate you to get your game right, to take your stuff to another level and to lift this team up um, like they need to be lifted up, then you don't need to be in the big leagues anyway. So to answer your question in short, I think that's the best way to get everybody's attention that's on that roster. I know you got to get ready for TV tonight, uh, and we'll be watching you and Brody Brazil. We tape every pregame show around here to see what you guys are saying on NBC Sports California A's pregame live. But if I could transport you to Kansas City, and Mark Kotze says, Shooty, you've been in this game a long time. You've done a lot of different great things in this game. Um and he could bring you in to talk to the players right now. 
what would be your message to these players? We got a long season to go. Understand that this is an opportunity of a lifetime. And most of you are here is because you've sown something in the past that showed that you deserve to get an opportunity to be here. In life, sometimes you only get one shot. Just make sure when you leave here that you gave it the best that you had and there was nothing that happened to you that was in your control. And be happy with that. There you go. Have a good show tonight on TV, my friend. Thanks, bro. Thanks a lot, Tom. Thanks for having me. The great Shooty Babbitt joining us right here on A's Cast Live. You'll see him on NBC Sports, A's Pregame Live, Xfinity for me, Channel 721. I was going to say, what about for you? It just comes up NBC Sports California. On what, Hulu? Whoa, 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 YouTube TV. YouTube TV. By the way, YouTube TV, figure out your MLB Network thing because I'm getting a little antsy. You know what? (laughs) If you don't have MLB Network, it's like you're not even a part of our game. Because nobody – because – they do, but the only the nice thing is MLB now tweets out all the stuff I'm that they talk about. I'm telling you right now, a buddy of mine asked me. He goes, he goes, I've been noticing they don't even do baseball highlights on SportsCenter anymore. I go, nope. Do they even talk baseball in the ESPN? Baseball, they have basically, and I'm sure it's probably, I'm sure it's probably the data will, will has shown them that baseball fans have now just gone to baseball, gone to MLB Network. Like, it's so – the coverage is so superior that I am not even – if I want baseball, it's really getting out – football's such a monster that this is not going to change anytime soon. But a lot of NFL fans, I guarantee the data has shown they've left ESPN for NFL Network. Like, I guess, you know, I worked in the NFL – so all my NFL stuff, I went to NFL Network. I didn't, you know, when I when you know after games, when I was on the plane and I was watching stuff, I didn't go to ESPN. Like I don't, I don't, I think ESPN probably because NBA Network is a joke and has never caught on. Still, the NBA is going to be dominate dominant on ESPN. But I mean, if I if I'm watching NFL, I'm all my NFL stuff, I go to I go to NFL Network. All my baseball stuff, I'm MLB Network. I only go to ESPN now for games. When they have games that I want to see, I will watch ESPN. I don't watch Sports Center anymore. I was I couldn't tell you the last time I watched Sports. Like I will, like if it's after certain events, like let's say the national title game or the Final Four or stuff like that. Um, like even golf. After all of the major just not major, but major events, golf's got the best coverage on the golf channel. Like, these sports have figured it out. How do I get my hardcore people? And that's really affected ESPN. We don't even know because there is going to be a time where we talk about local cable, but how about ESPN, who who has all the contracts, right? The contracts, they've been rumors and stuff about at some point – Sunday Night Baseball is going to be up for grabs. Like, football, we've seen the rights be up for grabs. It's like, people don't go to ESPN. Disney, Disney's hemorrhaging. You know, you, you're Disney paid all that money for uh, The Mandalorian, baby, and Disney, um, and for Star Wars. 
that sports-wise, they just laid off, what was it, 7,000 people for ESPN? Yeah, it was a lot. So ESPN Radio got hatcheted, TV gets that because who's watching sports? I mean, I don't even go to sports. Like I said, 724 on Xfinity. Like, I wouldn't even go to ESPN2. What would you go to ESPN2 for, ESPN News? Like, not a football game. Like, it's really college football. Yeah. College football, I mean, ESPN's got a boatload of college. It's smart by them. They've got a boatload of college football. Starting Big Ten games. Big Ten games start at 9 a.m. on Saturday mornings. And then you're going to have ESPN2. Fox was smart. They got into it. They got our Mountain West. They got so many games. You know, you're, you're, uh, Fox Sports 1's going to have a late-night Pac-12 game. I mean, it's like college football is the one sport that all these cable channels, they got to have because we'll all still watch those. And there's people who like to bet money on these games. And you watch them throughout the day. But for the most part, I'm not, I don't even watch SportsCenter. Like, what are you watching? Yeah, I, I, what are they covering? I watch. And who are these guys doing it? Uh Mainly ESPN anymore. Um, before we get to Mark Kotze, is uh, it, it's NFL Live and NBA. They do a lot of NBA stuff. Obviously, they do a lot of NBA. Yeah, that's the one thing because NBA, the NBA channel, NBA TV, NBA TV. What I don't, I've, I, it's not on YouTube TV either. I don't, I don't even that. watch it. Like I don't even know who's on it. I don't watch it. It's never gained the traction that the NFL Network and MLB no. Network put it this way. When I when I first got into the business. And you went into a baseball clubhouse. It was always on ESPN. No doubt. I don't. It's not like that anymore. Now you go into a baseball clubhouse. All the TVs they will all be on MLB Network. They won't. Not any of them are on ESPN. NFL. You go to an NFL building. NFL is one of the most. NFL. It's funny. It's like the Shield, right? When we joke about the Shield, um, you go into an NFL building. Everything's NFL. Like NFL Network. They don't put it. I mean, everything's NFL. That is where NFL people live on NFL Network. That's why it's so big to be on these channels inside your industry. If you're in the industry of baseball, being on MLB Network is a big deal. Everybody's watching it. You go into any executive's office. You go into any clubhouse. You you go into anywhere you go. Like you go into the training room that the A's have with the TVs. MLB Network's on. ESPN's nowhere to be found anymore. And it's the same thing when you, you know, and I haven't been to the Niners facility in years, but with the Raiders facility, everywhere you went, NFL Network. Everything's NFL Network. The only thing I really watch ESPN for besides college football, uh, they do have hockey. Well, they have hockey on there sometimes on ESPN 2. So I'll watch hockey. That's about it. I don't even watch Sunday Night Baseball. You're not watching, like, do they still have Big Ten Mondays or? Uh, you Maction. I think they still play. For hoops. Oh, uh, yeah, college basketball. I mean, I watch college sports on there, but I don't go yeah. there for They're baseball. good at college sports, yeah. yeah. I mean, but other than that, they're not. If I'm watching, I mean, the best highlight show that shows you the majority of the highlights uses the team broad, broadcasters quick pitch. Yeah. I watch quick pitch every night. Every night. My kids hate it. But every night I'm like, turn it. I'm watching quick pitch. Right? I got MLB now taped. I will rewatch that. Their information is second to none. I don't intentional talk is a bad time for us. I do tape MLB Central every morning and I'll flip through that. I love going I love D Row when he's going through people's swings. I think they got the show's got good chemistry. It's just on at six AM. I mean that's Yeah. MLB now they, they do six AM. When's the last time you've seen six AM? 
Uh, MLB Now does a nice job or, of tweeting out their stuff they talk about on their show, so I see some of that. Oh, High Heat with the Mad Dog. I know our audience is not a big Mad Dog fan. I can listen to that MLB Network, Sirius XM I love as well. My, my guy, the Mad Dog. Hey, he's controversial. He's not here to... He's not here to make be you your feel, best friend. No, Mad Dog is not here to be your best friend, <laughs> and he's ruffled many a feather. Friend, he was talking about the other day. He goes, "You know how many years I have? I, I've destroyed the Yankees. I've been destroying the Yankees and WFAN. Oh yeah, Yankee fans hate him. Man, as a guy that was on WFAN, <laughs> as a guy who's gotten the most ratings points as a sports talk show host in sports that's in, the, all, that's, in the history of the industry. When you talk about him, you please refer to him as Radio HOF. Yeah, he is a Hall of Famer. Put it this way. It, it's about it's about who you like. It's about it, No, put it this way. It's about who says what you want. If if Mad Dog was ranting and raving about the A stain in Oakland, everybody would love him. Yes. Right. Yeah, go get him, Mad Dog. Go get him. It's just he's just not. Unfortunately, he's not. Yeah. But in our industry, he's a big deal. For sure. Love the Mad Dog. Kotze. Kotze. Manager. Yeah. What time are we on it? So I was we're trying, until about four twenty-five. By the way, I was li- I looked down at my thing. I go, what time is Shooty on TV? I, I all of a sudden I felt bad. I'm like, are we? He's he's fine. He's got a half hour. Now, my team. If you've ever seen how thick those ties are that he has, it may take him a half hour to tie that tie. <laughs> but Shooty Babbitt and Brody and Shooty, comeback player of the year, Brody Brazil uh, and Shooty Babbitt will be there at uh, four thirty for you. Um, of course, you keep it here on A's Cast as we'll get you ready. A's total access. What time are we come on? Four thirty. Four thirty. Four thirty. Yeah. So, do we have time for uh, the Mandalorian? Yes. This is, by the way, one of the better bobbleheads in the history of bobbleheads. We'll make the museum in Miami. Like, most bobbleheads are garbage. They're cheaply made. Like, the ones the Warriors used to give away at Oracle, like Steph, whatever. They're oh, I, have, like, I have all of them. They're like plastic. Yeah. They were terrible, right? Um, most bobbleheads, we actually do... Like, this looks like Raleigh Fingers. This looks like Ricky Henderson. This looks like Jose Canseco. This is Sean Manaya. I mean, this one from Texas that you got. Nolan. That does not look like Nolan Ryan. Like, if this didn't say Nolan Ryan, would, would you know that's Nolan Ryan? No, it's terrible. Oh, the best one. Wait, you don't even get to really see it anymore. Uh, the San Jose State Bill Walsh is is brilliant. And then we have the Otani. Uh, Let me see. How does it look like Otani? If you if you didn't know, if you didn't know this was Shohei Otani, does that look like Shohei Otani? Well, I would say it's Mike Trout. I mean, <laughs> this ball- could be anybody on the Angels. Every giveaway is Mike this Trout. This literally could be yeah. anybody. I'm I'm putting now. If I do this, you go. Oh, it's Shohei Otani. You take the name out. Who? Which angel am I? Jared well, Walsh. I'm not Rendon with the beard, but I could be anybody. Yeah. This could be Jared Weaver from back in the day. <laughs> no, hair's not long enough. <laughs> This is actually, I got to say, we did a great job with this. They even have the gray beard, which you'll see in a few seconds. Yeah. I mean, this looks like Katze. It does look like Katze. Now, the problem is when you when you put accessories with bobbleheads, like I can't tell you how many times I've lost my Jose bat. I always seem to refind it. My guy Jose can say See, like oh, the, oh, the, the lightsaber for uh, Otani screws in. 
Yeah, because they easily break, fall apart. You know what we don't. Uh, you know what I have on the desk, but it's broken. Is my Dallas Braden bobblehead? Oh, my daughter broke it. You know what we need. You know what we do. Do need? you remember the game my kids used to play, Bobblehead Wars? No. So I have so many bobbleheads that are in my garage and boxes that my kids, when they were younger, had a game show that they called Bobblehead Wars. So we had all these bobbleheads, and they played a game. Interesting. And that's how some of them you, were broken. You, Dallas Braden's hand from the Dallas Braden Perfect Game <laughs> is broken, and I don't know where the where I don't know where the glove is. You know what we do need? And I had it used to have it when we worked at ninety five seven. We need the Mike Iago windmill. Or the arm. Oh, we, yeah. We need to put that I got that deck. somewhere. I got yeah. the Bob Melvin one, too. I think counter. Bob's down there. <laughs> Bob's down there. Can we put Bob back up? Or is that too soon? Uh, no, it's. We're, we're, I mean, we got Manaya. We got to find a spot for him. Got Manaya hey, back up. He's a up. giant now. We got, Fires is down here somewhere. Yeah, Fires. Uh, Chapman, Chap- Chappie and Olsen are down yeah, there. Yeah, back in the day, I had all Chapman, Olsen. I had all these guys up here. And it's like, well, one after another, they started going. Yeah, say it later. All righty, each week, each Friday, exclusively here on A's Cast Live, and then we play it throughout the week on A's Cast. And and I don't even know why I'm promoting it, because you'll hear it now. But if you want to hear it again on Terrestrial Radio, we will play this on Sunday uh, on the A's pregame show that's called A's Total Access. Here is the manager of your Oakland Athletics, Mark Kotze. For the Mark Kotze Show here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live, brought to you by nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. You go to Nest Bedding, you get your mattress, your pillows, your bedding. Use the coupon code Oakland to get bedding.com. Mark Kotze back on the road. How are you today? Doing well. As you can see, uh, sitting in my office uh, bright and early here and uh, just prepping for a big game today against the Royals. I got to say, the uh, decorations in that office, this might be the best office we've seen so far. Yeah, I can take you around, Tony. Hold on one second. Let me let me lift this up. We got here. baseball we got, cards. We got baseball cards and of managers, legendary managers. I like it. One that I played for right there, Bobby Cox. So a lot of history in here. You know, during the times that you're going through right now, when you talk about the legendary guy, because you played for – you play for guys that are either in the Hall of Fame or someday will be in the Hall of Fame. At this point right now, what do you what do you think you take from them? Well, I, I think I sit here and look at, you know, a manager and Bobby Cox and, and the success he had uh, with those teams with the Braves in, you know, the 90s. Or, excuse me, is it 90s? Yeah, in the yeah, 90s. 90s. Um, you know, Bruce Bochy, I'm sitting here with his Padre card and know what Boach went through. Uh, yeah. When I played for him in, in 01, 02, 03, uh, a grinding seasons, um, you know, you laugh because Tommy Lasorda is here. I, I'm sure he's pointed at an umpire and not pointed at the bullpen, but who knows, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, these are all great men that, that uh, you know, have done an amazing job in the game and been a part of the game for so long, the history. And you know, that's kind of what you take from them, just the, the – perseverance and and longevity of their careers they they went through uh ups and downs as well oh there's no doubt i mean when you think bobby cox's career i mean before he got to the braves then even his young Braves teams they were they had some big time struggles 
I mean, go back to Bruce Bochy and some of those 90s teams. So it happens to everybody. Uh, but you, you always see one thing, though. The key is the fight, to keep the fight going. How much are you still seeing that, and how much do you like that in your guys? Yeah, no, I, I do like that in the guys. I think we've seen that, especially over the last uh, week, you know, the series uh, that we just came off. Um, you know, it's a tough series. It was a grinding series against a division rival who, uh, you know, we haven't had a ton of success against in the last few years, even with uh, the 2020 team, 2021 team. Um, you know, it, it's it's good to see the fight. It's good to see the progress. We have to stay focused on on those positives and know that, uh, you know, we can get this thing turned around, um, that we need just need some momentum. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, a win brings confidence and, uh, you know, that's what we're looking for and that's what we're striving for every day. You know, obviously it's about you and not so much the other teams, but looking at the two teams you're playing on this trip, when you start looking at the Kansas City Royals, they've had some struggles. There's no doubt about it. And the New York Yankees, you're catching them at a time. They have so many guys on the IL. They are also struggling. So here's some opportunities when you say on the road for your ball club. Yeah, I mean, every day is an opportunity, right, to go out and to to win a game, to, to start building momentum in that direction. And uh, this team that we're playing, the, the Royals, they're, they're going through a very similar process uh, as we are. They've got a lot of young players. Um, they do have some veteran players mixed into that group. Um, but, you know, ultimately, um, you know, we're two teams fighting um, to, you know, have success, to, to build these guys up, to uh, watch them mature and and become, you know, everyday major league players. And, you know, we're watching that ourselves every day with with guys like uh, Ruiz and Rooker and Noda and now Blade, uh, who just joined us, um, you know, and, and obviously our pitching staff. It's Muller, uh, Waldachuk, you know, Sears, Miller, names like that, that, uh, you know, we're, we're maturing and, and watching them grow. Yeah, we got to get into Rooker about being uh, American League Player of the Week. It's it's a really a special deal. But just one more on your team. When you look at bringing in three new guys in the bullpen, what does that say to the team and the clubhouse when it's just not one guy out, one guy in, where it's a group of guys out and a group of guys in? No, it's a statement. I think uh, it's a statement in terms of, you know, performance is going to dictate um, – you know, how we go forward and the moves that are being made, the moves that were made, uh, I think sends a loud and clear message to, to the clubhouse, um, you know, that, that we're not going to sit on our hands and, and not do anything, not try anything, not give guys opportunity that we're having success in AAA. Um, and that's my job to continue to manage the culture. Uh, you know, and that was the message yesterday uh, in the locker room before the game. It's, hey, look, you know, um, my goal is to keep this group together, but at the end of the day, um, you know, they're going to make change and they're going to do what they need to do to, to uh, improve this club. And uh, if that means, you know, swapping three guys out and bringing three new guys in that uh, showed that they, you know, earned that opportunity yesterday um, in the game. And uh, I think that's the direction that, uh, that this front office and um, it, it has taken a stance on. Brent Rooker made the team, according to David Forrest, on the last night. And now AL Player of the Week. 
Gone through a little bit of a rough, rough patch since, but his numbers are fantastic. Just how happy were you for him, his journey, everything he's been through to get an award like that? Yeah, it's a, it says a lot about that young man's character, uh, his work ethic. Um, you know, they had him on, I think it was Intentional Talk or mm-hmm. one of the MLB broadcasts. And, and what a great yeah. kid. I mean, he spoke so highly of, of just the organization, the opportunity, spoke highly of the teams that he had come from, uh, you know, the the um, situation that he was put in this offseason with moving to different teams and not knowing where he was going to get the chance to land, uh, but landing here and, and having the right frame of mind when he came to camp that uh, whatever team it was that he was going to go to camp with, he wanted to you know, make the team out of camp. And he accomplished that goal, um, you know, and, and out of you know the gates, didn't get the opportunity to start. Um, but when he did, he captured that moment. And like I talked to a lot of young players, like that opportunity might be one at bat. It might be one game. And he had a big impact in, a, in the first game and he hasn't you know, been out of the lineup since. And it says a lot about you too. The fact that you go, Hey, you keep hitting you're you're, you're, you're hitting third. Like you haven't moved that. Do you, I mean, that, that shows everybody like you produce, you will play and you will play every day. Yeah, and he alluded to a little bit of that, too, the confidence it gives him um, to be in that lineup every day. You know, these guys, it's tough. It is tough. It's challenging when you get one at bat or one game to play and you don't have success, you're out of the lineup the next day and you sit around, right? So um, for him, he sees the moment like we talked about, and uh, he's going to sit in that three-hole. He's, he's still continuing to take good at bats. I know the, you know the series against Seattle was a bit challenging. They exposed a little bit of his hole. Um, at the plate, but uh, he grinded some at-bats out yesterday, managed to get a hit and a walk, I think, and get on base. And, uh, you know, so that shows that that maturation process as well in terms of making the adjustment. The league's always going to make adjustments to you. Now you got to make adjustments back to them. Well, speaking of adjustments, a guy that can win games a lot of different ways. I mean, it can be his feet. It can be his glove. It can be his bat. Ruiz is really showing us how he can infect, how he can affect an entire series, not only a game, but a series. I think you're just scratching the service with this young kid. What are you seeing with your center fielder? No, I think you described it very well. And he's dynamic in multiple areas. Uh, the success he's had with hitting with runners in scoring position this year stands out. Um, the ease that he has to, um, still a base, the confidence he has in that. And then yesterday he hit a ball in the right center that, um, you know, got to the wall. But, I mean, he was literally could have stood up on third base. I think he might have caught Nick Allen if they if they were off to the races. So um, it, it's it's fun to watch. He's really um, – he's really – you know, we talk about it. We've talked about it on the show. He's come as advertised, and, uh, and he's living up to that uh, expectation level right now. It is amazing to me. I mean, I know how long you played center field. It just seems, I mean, first rule of outfield is you can't allow the ball to get behind you. Everything's <laughs> got to be in front of you. And I just, it, it is amazed me, like even, you know, with that triple you're talking about, I mean, as soon as Kelnick lays out and he's not even close and the ball gets behind him, I'm thinking inside the park home run. I mean, can you remember the last time you've seen so many times that center fielders have made poor judgments, not kept the ball in front of them, dive for balls where they weren't even close, and the ball's going to the wall, and everybody's running. I think just, you know, 
we could dive really deep into this one, Townie, but uh, experience, right? Kellenick's young player um, trying to make an impact in the game, uh, aggressive mentality, mindset. And, uh, you know, we had that play earlier this year with Ruiz coming yeah. in hard on a knuckleball line drive, uh, dove nowhere near it, goes to the wall. So I think we're seeing more youth in the outfield, uh, less experience, um, you know, and, and I think that's a that's kind of a combination for uh, those type of plays that have, that have happened. Let's end on this. You got a barbecue spot in Kansas city. You got, you, does it come to the ballpark to you or is there a spot you got to go to? No, the, there's a spot in the plaza. I, I, you put me on the spot. So obviously I can't get the name, you know, to you, but they do bring a barbecue spread in, which will be on Sunday and uh, the burnt ends and, you know, the real chicken. Yeah. And so, yes, it's uh it's a great place to be. Yeah, my favorite, Kansas City Joe's, Jack Stacks, Gates. It's like no matter where you go in Kansas City, you're not going to lose. It is such a great city and a fun time. Well, have a good road trip against the Royals and the Yankees, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Tony. Thanks, bud. That's the Marcotte Show brought to you by NestBetting.com. Your mattress, your pillows, your bedding, you name it. You use the coupon code to get the special. You go to NestBetting.com. And that was Marcotte earlier today with Chris Townsend. Uh, surprising Cotts doesn't have a barbecue spot off the top of his head. If someone hasn't been to Kansas City yet, um, hopefully I'll get there soon and find barbecue. But it was a good conversation to have with Cotts. And I saw Vince Catronio made it to the um, Negro Leagues uh, Museum um, in the Hall of Fame, which is great. Uh, I'm glad he was able to catch up with Bob Kendrick. So that was cool to see that. I've always wanted to go to Kansas City. It's at the World War World War One Museum that's there, I think, right? World War is it World War One? Or World War Two Museum. Which one's there? Which museum? World it? War One. Okay. By the way, we have fixed the drama that Johnny D has put us in. We have survived it. All right. Good. We are connected. Okay. We we will have pregame today. All right, good, because I started asking people that work in the Coliseum also. Uh, thank God once again for one of the greatest A's employees of all time, the great Pam Pitts. Oh, she did it for us? All right. Pam Pitts was able to help Robert, and we averted danger. What are you talking about? I haven't even been to Kansas City. I know what I was saying. I've never been there. Who went to uh, – who who did what? Vince was at the uh, – he went and saw Bob Kendrick, our good friend, at the, yeah. the Negro League. Uh, Negro League Museum's yeah. awesome. And right next door is the Jazz Museum. And then the Museum of Museums. It's a top ten museum in our country. Is the World War One Museum in Kansas City? It's incredible. I'm texting. I was texting Pam Pitts. Tell her thank you. Tell her. Tell her we're shouting her out right now. Uh, I I text. Uh, I called the great Justin Marshall in the control room. He goes, "Sorry, dude. I'm actually in Kansas City. His yeah. brother. His brother works for the Royals. Nobody works in our organization." It's unbelievable trying to call people like, hey, you there? You there? Hey, you better turn that down. Well, we're almost done anyway. No, we are. What time are we out of here? Uh, we got like two minutes. Oh, that's right. We're on at 430. Yeah. I, I, we didn't even get a chance to talk about the Rays and Yankees quickly, rivalry. Quickly, 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 quickly. Go to the Rays. It's it's rivalry week, by the way, folks, if you don't know. Pi Blue Jays and Pirates, one of the great rivalries. <laughs> uh they're, seriously, they're calling it rivalry. Marlins, Cubs, uh, been waiting for that for years. 
Red Sox Phillies. That is <laughs> battle of Kyle Schwarber. The Schwarber well, that's series. A, that's a battle of hey, um, where we. Where are we going to run the government? Is it going to be Philly? Is it going to be uh, Massachusetts? Apparently, it ends up in D.C. Apparently, Yoshida was a huge is a huge Bryce Harper fan. If you're telling me you're not fired up for Rockies Mets, there's <laughs> going to be blood. Whenever you hear Rockies Mets, there's going to be blood. I think Todd Zeal, Twins, Guardians. Okay, maybe. Like, I got to tape this. Orioles, Braves. <laughs> it's rivalry week. Rangers, Angels, oh, yeah, because cause Anaheim and Arlington hate each other. <laughs> the, re- the the rematch of the 1968 World Series, Tigers and Cardinals, that's 10-22 and 22 against 13-7. and seven. Uh, but 17. Quick, uh, 17. Yeah. Quickly, Yankees actually took it to the Rays last year. Uh, they won 11 of 19. But think about this. We talked about it's a game of math. The Rays have piled up. So many wins, 26, they're 26 and 6. If they play 500 ball for the rest of the year, they still win 91 games. That's and all. you're in. And they were talking about how last year the Yankees were a good example of salting away a playoff spot. The club was 38 games over through July 8th, and then the team won. Read the record. Yeah, they were 61 and 23. And the A's, remember, we were there at the end of June. They had already crowned them champs. Yeah. They were like comparing them to, is this as great as a, the great Dimage, Joe DiMaggio's yeah. team, or the Mickey Mantle? Yan- 98 Yankees. The team was two games under 500, 38 40 over the final 78 games and still won the AL East. Well, the Yankees are almost, the Yankees, if they lose tonight, they're going to be 10 games out of first place, right? By the way, score first. Have you seen what the record is now? Uh, I know the Rays are twenty-one and zero, right? Is it twenty-one and zero? Rays are twenty-one and zero when scoring first. It's the longest streak to begin a season since. Oh, I don't know. I, nineteen hundred, oh. and because they weren't keeping really all those stats yeah. before nineteen hundred. Pam Pitts responded. She said, "When you when you've been here as long as I have, you have plenty of keys." She knows <laughs> where the bodies are buried. <laughs> well, that's it. Where hey, I'm if I'm going down and the sh- if the ship's going down, I'm going down with Pam Pips. <laughs> Pam Pitts, we're going down. We are. I said, just said Pips. Uh, Pam Pitts, I'm going to. I'll go to the bottom of the ocean. Pam and I forever, the bottom of the ocean. Well, all right. Well, I love her. That's 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 the end for today. Uh, Johnny D, sorry about that, bro. He just told me that him, Glenn, and Dallas and Vince all went to the went and saw Bob. Well, Kendrick. if you would have turned off the Conrex and then win, things would have been a little better for us. <laughs> I'm telling you, dealing with these AAA guys is really hard to deal with. Can I just be honest? Can you imagine doing? You think that? Imagine doing with Alex Jensen. That's low A. Oh God! If I had to do what a diva! What a diva! Lansing, the lug nuts. We got to deal with the lug nuts. Do they even have technology in Lansing and Stockton? Uh, well, Are they still doing it over the phone? <laughs> Alex calls it through a tin can. <laughs> so remember the, the strings and yeah, the cans. Yeah. Uh, it's 2-2 here in the ninth inning. What do we got? I'm lost. What do we got? We got we're, Ace we're Baseball? At, yeah, we're out of, we're yeah. out of time. Uh, we want to thank Mark Kotze, the great Shooty Babbitt, and Rex Hudler, the Wonder Dog, one of my all-time favorite guests here on A's Cast Live. Let's get a little baseball going. You know what? In the end, it's still a game. It's still – we're going nine innings, 27 outs, hopefully – Hopefully under three hours. Let's enjoy a little baseball. Let's get ready for a little baseball. We do this because we love the game. And we'll be here all weekend long, baby. Thank you for watching and listening to A's Cast Live. We'll be back on Monday from the Bronx. Correct. David Feldman.
new top ten. I came up with it. Top ten players to play for both the A's and Yankees. Louis Polonia. Uh, who's the guy? Plank. What was his first name? Got traded for Ricky twice. Um, Eric Plank. Uh, obviously Ricky Henderson. Jose. Raleigh or not Raleigh? A uh, catfish. Jose Canseco. Jose Catfish. Uh, Reggie. What's his name? The our, our buddy, the big lefty. We saw it. Um, we had him on the show. We had him on. It was one of the. Greg Cattery. Greg Cattery. Yeah. Caddy. Right. We'll see what he comes up. We'll see what Feldy comes up with. We got to come up with our own. Yeah. All right. That's easy. Eric Chavez played for the Yankees. Yes, Eric Chavez. It's another one. Who else was the AA? Oh, uh, Randy Velarde. Esteban the White. No, the Wise was a White Sox. Randy Velarde, the most yeah. strapped guy yeah. in the league. <laughs> Randy Velarde was a Yankee in an A. Yeah, and we'll also had the pitching ninja on Monday, too. It's almost like Babe Ruth owned the A's yeah. Yeah. in Philadelphia. Heavy hitters coming up. Pitching ninja and Feldy. All right. There. Thank you for watching, listening, Ace Cast Live. You have a wonderful weekend. Coming up next, A's Total Access brought to you by Chevron. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.